What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Well, hello there and welcome to the Confused Breakfast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? Do. It's hard to beat the ease of the modern era streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your house. D. But there was something truly special about heading to Blockbuster, picking out a movie by hand, and listening to the new Rex Manning hit single on the way home to watch it. Duh. On this <laughs> podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte. Joining me, as always, two dudes who went to rock and roll heaven and weren't on the guest list, Sean Pryor <laughs> and AJ Vens, live from the new studio. Woo! How the heck are you? Rocking and rolling, baby. Oh, Rexy, you're so sexy. Would you, Say no. Okay. Would you want to, like, who's in rock and roll heaven, you think? Would you really want to be a part of that guest list? Is that like a real venue she's talking about, or is it just like... Uh, Oh, I don't like the idea question. of that. If, if there's a if, if music there's like venue a, called Rock and Roll Heaven, yeah, I'm not going. It's it would be like it would be like worse than any Chachki smallest town, um, uh, Planet Holly or what is it? Yeah, what uh, is it? Rock and Roll Rock, Cafe? Uh, yeah, yeah, Hard Rock Hard Cafe. Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah, it, Hard Rock like Cafe is way that. better than Rock and Roll Heaven. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is. I actually really like going to to, to Hard Rock Cafes, but uh, I just think it's like, oh yeah, we've got uh, we've got the pants. Uh, well, one of the shoes that Rex Manning wore in his video. And then, <laughs> Who's Rex Manning? We don't know. Well, somebody sent it to us. We don't know. The boys anything. in Saving Silverman have a better collection of rock and roll memorabilia <laughs> than rock, than rock and roll heaven. Okay. Well, boys, on today's episode, we discuss one of the lowest grossing movies of 1995, a film that follows Gross. one of our favorite formulas, a hangout movie taking place over 24 hours. One of two movies where a Liv Tyler character is in love with a guy named AJ. We are, of course, talking nice. about 1995's Empire Records. Nice. AJ. <laughs> well, Shoot my damn shot. dang it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another nostalgic journey to the past with the confused breakfast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy wherever you are in the world. Take it away, boys. Well, this movie was voted on by our dearest Patreon members, the smartest people in the world at patreon.com slash confused breakfast. Nice. We gave them five uh, music movies to vote from, and this might have been our closest Patreon vote so far. Uh, Empire Records won with 34% of the vote. This is Spinal Tap, 28%. Wow. Almost Famous, 23%. That Thing You Do, a very lowly 11%, surprisingly. Huh. La Bamba, two votes. Just throwing it out Just there. Two. two votes. Two votes. Hey, can't yeah. wait to do that one. I'm if that's you. you, we're going to send you a crisp $1 bill. Yeah. Nice. You love it. A crisp. <laughs> What about a crisp $2? No, nope. Okay. Well, if you are new to this podcast, pop, we're going to be reviewing. 
We're going to be reviewing Empire Records scene by scene with a modern eye. That's me. But in order to do that properly, yep. we got to talk about it with pure nostalgia. AJ, what do you got to say about this movie? First time you saw it, what was your nostalgic rating? What do you say? What do you say? Um, I will tell you what I say. My oldest brother, who's 10 years older than I am, um, I'm the youngest, he's the oldest. And then you have, I have two brothers in between there, right? Um, my oldest brother, Ray, is uh, 10 years older than I am. And this is, I mean, him showing me this movie was like, was like Eddie talking to Mark about the tape of music. It's like, this is the, this music is, you know, this movie is based around the music mm -hmm. that is the glue of the world. Without it, life would be meaningless. You know what I mean? And that's the way it felt like he was describing this movie to me and like showing me. And um, and this is actually like my that's is, your VHS. This copy? is actually my VHS copy. I found it. Um, I don't know how many years ago, but I found it many years ago. Uh, unopened, unopened, and it's still unopened. It's still sealed to this day. Um, so let's open it up. No, uh, <laughs> when I saw it, it was just like one of those relics in time. So, and I, I think I loved it honestly because of how he explained the movie to me, and you know, I kind of fell in love with the idea of the movie as well, and it's became one of those movies that brought me back to being, you know, 12 or 13 and learning about it's like it's like watching a history show. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um but I loved it. I would give this movie an 8.88. Cool. Dang. Sean, what about you, man? Um kind of like when I first showed AJ the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um he showed me this movie for the first time. Damn. You know, a really? while ago, yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, I, I could see what he saw in it. I, I love the hangout aspect of it. Yeah, that's like your thing. Man. It's my thing. I love those movies. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the music just it's a vibe movie. That's what I thought about it back then. And uh, I would have to give it a I'm going to go a 7.1. 7.1. So I bought the soundtrack before I saw this movie. Of Huge course. Gin yeah. Blossoms fan. Shout out to my mom, who's definitely listening. We love the Gin Blossoms. We love Collective Soul. That mom was our sponsor us. Mom sponsor us. Yep. Uh, and so <laughs> I loved it. Heard the soundtrack first, but then... Like a couple years went by. I never, never watched the movie. I watched Dazed and Confused for the first time. Yeah, as you do. And I fell in love with Slater, Rory Cochran. Yeah. I even would dread. We talked about it in the Dazed and Confused episode. I bought like a wig and a hat like him and I wore the same like clothes he did and I like fake pretended like I was Slater. It wasn't like you a wore costume. That, you, you wore that did school. It? I did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was like, I'm Slater, even though I don't smoke. <laughs> it's like, and then the teacher's like calling out your name and yeah. you'd be like, I'm not Slater. Slater. Not yeah. present. Not here. So then I finally, I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, Rory Cochran's in this Empire Records movie. I'm going to watch it. Fucking hated it. Whoa. I hated wow. so much that he was like the complete opposite person in yeah. this movie. And it just... It just rubbed me wrong the first time, and then I said, I don't really care about this movie. I'm moving on. Wow. And never saw it again until today. Okay. So nice. I'm, I'm a 3.7, guys. I am very Ooh. low on this. Whoa. <laughs> Executive producer Starling, he says, I Yo, stumbled buddy. upon this movie late one night on HBO, returning from a college bar. I'm not exactly sure why I decided to record it on my VCR, perhaps Liv Tyler. Nevertheless, mm -hmm. I found myself watching it almost weekly throughout the rest of my spring semester. The plot involved Lucas gambling the store's deposit in it. Atlantic City to save the business only to lose everything. However, the real heart of the story revolved around Rex Manning Day. In my college days, this was the movie I watched the most, and the only change I would have made back then was casting Alicia Silverstone in Renee Zellweger's role okay. and maybe have her and Liv make out. 
Okay. <laughs> That's the only change I'd make. All right. If Spotify had existed, I would have played Renee's version of Sugar High ad nauseum. It became the only movie I ever discovered and became a one-person marketing machine for eagerly sharing my worn-out VHS tape with anyone willing to watch. I loved it so much that during my senior year, I became the president of the Films Committee on Campus, organizing a Gen X film weekend featuring Mallrats, which he also reviewed, yeah. and Chasing Amy, just for the chance to see Empire Records on the big screen. <laughs> I haven't discussed or seen this movie with anyone since 1997, <laughs> except for one instance. I met a film critic 20 years ago whose positive quote was printed on the back of the box. Ironically, he was a harsh critic, and the movie received few positive reviews. You want to see if it's on there? A, a killer soundtrack, yeah, by Skip Sheffield, Sheffield, <laughs> and then Young Delightful cast by Renee Rodriguez. Okay, Miami soundtrack. Hmm. When I first heard you mention Empire a couple of years ago, it prompted me to call and leave a voicemail. It was affirming to know that I wasn't alone. Others had seen and enjoyed this movie. For me, it was a solid nine point five. Whoa. Damn the man, save Whoa. the empire. That takes us to a seven point three as a group, nostalgically. Which is, you know, it's it's up there. It's, it's about about middle, just a, just about a movie. And that's my fault. I apologize. Wow, but seven point three is going to take that just below Batman, just above Cool Runnings is how we feel about that nostalgically. Okay, okay. okay. But we are going to strip it away first. We got to start with Sean. We got to learn the important details of the movie. Sean, what do you got for it? I got produced by Aaron Milchin, Tony Ludwig, and Michael Nathanson. Written by Carol Heikinen. Uh, she also wrote Center Stage and a movie called The Thing Called Love. Mm. Cinematography by Walt so Lloyd. Uh, also cinematogged, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Uh, a few episodes of The Wonder Years, Private Parts, uh, Superstar, uh, Great. Well, I say great in quotes. Um, Nick Cage movie, Zondali. It's actually horrible, but it's fun. And uh, The Santa Claus. That's fun. We've done that movie. Yeah. Kind of fun. Fun. Edited by Michael Chandler, who also edited Amadeus and Howard the Duck. Executive soundtrack producer, Jonathan McHugh. I think these guys are pretty important. Mm. Uh, music coordinator, Desiree Craig. Uh, and directed by Alan Moyle, who also did Pump Up the Volume and a little underrated movie that people should check out called Weirdville with Scott Speedman. Uh, cast, Anthony LaPaglia. LaPaglia. Mm. Maxwell Caulfield. Debbie Mazur. Rory Cochran, Johnny Whitworth, Robin Tooney, Renee Zellweger, Ethan Embry, Coyote Shivers, <sighs> Brendan Sexton III, James Willis, and Liv Tyler. Mm. Screenwriter Carol <laughs> Ankin. That's the correct. Whenever you hear a name, that's the correct reaction. Mm. I just speak Elvish. I go, you know, name my name. Let's do it again. Liv Tyler. Mm. <laughs> I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> Screenwriter Carol Hankinen. You need a sound bite for Liv Tyler that's <laughs> <Yeah>. just... Mm, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get angry. I was like, that wasn't Elvish. That's not that's Elvish. Not Elvish. <laughs> I know Elvish. Well, that wasn't it. That was way closer to Dwarvish. <laughs> Screenwriter Carol Hankinen came up with the idea behind the script based off her experiences while working in a Tower Records in Phoenix, Arizona. She was approached with a deal for the rights to produce her script for $325,000 for the script and $200,000 when the movie got made, uh, plus 5% royalties and any merch and 1% one percent from the soundtrack revenue as well. She did okay there, I think. Mm. The producer of New Regency wanted the script really hard for a teen movie slate they were trying to reach. The producer was also approached with the script uh, for Clueless. He chose Empire Records instead, 
of the way more highly successful Clueless. Oosh. The music video for the Rex Manning song, Say No More, Mon Amour, <laughs> was the first thing to be shot. The production only needed the, the portion where the cast makes fun of the dance, but they shot an entire almost five minute long music video, which can be seen on YouTube right now. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> to point it out, I never realized that, but he he actually sang that. Oh, song. really? He was actually the singer of that song. From He's what great. I, from what I can understand. It's, it's like it's incredible. Almost perfect casting. He just <laughs> yeah. looks like a almost like out out coming out of his career, yeah, kind of singer, you like, know, yeah, he, had some hits, yeah, you know, he's, the, he's reaching his has been stage, yeah, kinda. the yeah. only other person that could have played that role, Shooter McGavin. Oh, yeah, Christopher <laughs> McGavin. I, like I feel like he's the only other person that could have played that role, basically, Damn, just, yeah. just superimposed Happy Gilmore's nightmare version of him, just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Someone yeah. do that, internet. <laughs> The Ugh. film was heavily edited with multiple characters and almost 40 minutes being cut from the film, uh, which might be some of my issues with it here, but we'll did, find out. Time maybe. out. Did anybody see the extended version? I at didn't. All? I was hoping. I didn't. I, I, I did. So I'll have a few okay, things cool. to add. Yeah. I, you, you saw the I watched U- Ulysses twice. cut? I, I, watched, I watched the regular one <laughs> and the Ulysses cut. Three hours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> of just Wait, nonsense. The 30 gram version <laughs> yes. of Empire Records? Yes. Okay. Oh, man. Empire Records was released on September 22nd, 1995, and on a budget of $10 million, the film only made $303,841. That is, prob- out of the history of this show, probably the lowest it's taking return. any movie has if ever If we're got. talking about the most popular movies in the world, which we've been reviewing on this show, this has got to be one of the lowest. I think it's maybe the lowest. Wow. I, like, I, that's... Ten million, and they only made three hundred three. They made the but they made some of the budget back to pay the writer. That seems wow. impossible. Like you could fart out a movie and make more than that. Yeah, like, <laughs> like in the nineties, people were like, "Oh, cool soundtrack! Wow, I, I guess I'll go watch the movie." It's just insane to me. Yeah, but the movie has gone on to gain a devoted audience, and Rex Manning Day has become an official day in the hearts of many. <laughs> Well, thanks, Shauner. Up next, we got to go to AJ. We got to learn more about the ratings and reviews from critics and fans alike. What do you got on this one, bro? Well, guys, we can't, we can't do this. Not today. Not today. Not today. Not on the Tomato Meter Day. I don't like that one. I tried to get through it. I tried to, yeah, it's, it's okay. It did work out well. Uh, not on Rex Manning Day. Splat. Gross. Ugh. Say no more. Thirty-one percent, guys. You just want to do the movie? Oh yeah, here I'll start at the beginning. <laughs> Action. No, okay. Thirty-one percent, guys. That is eighteen from the bottom of any <laughs> movie that we've done. That's slightly higher than Heavyweight, slightly lower than Three Ninjas. Okay, well, is where the critics feel that movie deserves to be. Audiences vehemently disagree on Rotten Tomatoes at an eighty-three percent. Wow, that's quite a discrepancy. I don't know if it's the biggest one. It's no. our second, or sorry, our third biggest discrepancy between critics and fans. Uh, gone. This was fifty-one points difference. Gone in sixty seconds. Fifty-two points difference. Oh. Boondock Saints sixty-three. <laughs> it's like it's like almost a hundred. <laughs> Critics gave it a zero. It. Fans gave it a hundred. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Somebody's wrong. I just yeah. It's, it's somebody's wrong in there, but You're we don't both know wrong. Who. Uh, yeah, everybody in the you middle know, is exactly right. right. Exactly if there's a right. big discrepancy, you're both you're wrong. You're both wrong. You are. Uh, it's a 6.7 on IMDb, though. That's tied with Armageddon. There are wow. six. Maybe, mo- <laughs> maybe this is maybe 
IMDb finally got it right. Maybe it's Liv Tyler's fault. Yeah. Well, I want you to actually. I want you to know this. <laughs> I did. I did some math here. So, um, Liv Tyler has twenty nine movie credits. Six of them are a six point seven. If you if you average that together, you know what it comes out to. Six, six seven point one. But oh. if you remove the three Lord of the Rings movies, it's a six point seven. So her <laughs> career is a six point seven. Yeah. Wow. Hey. I wanted to find out a little bit more of what um, Mr. Raj Eeb had to say. Wanted him here for the first day in the studio, the new studio, got to, um, be. to to join us. Um, he really praised, honestly, Rory Cochran's performance in this movie. He said it was pretty much the best thing out of it, the best performance in the movie. Uh, he really, he really wrapped up his review by saying this. It wasn't very long, but uh, he said. The movie has, if the movie is a lost cause, it may at least showcase actors who have uh, who have better things ahead of them. He goes on to say, for those unfamiliar with them, the sight of the band Guar singing Saddam Agogo yeah, from yeah. their album "This Toilet Earth" may help pass the time. He's a fan. Apparently, he's no, a Guar fan. He's, that's guys. awesome. He's a Guar. He's fan. trying to sound cool. I fucking love Rod. It, no he's one a likes Guar. Guar. Fan. <laughs> I saw Guar at Hawkeye yeah. Downs, and I got so bloody, and it was just, so fun. Just uh, you, you saw him, just so you can be like, I saw Guar. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's not that song, but they, they have some good songs. You okay, Mike. Know the song. I like. I yeah. Okay. Hey, Sean. No one knows Guar songs. You love Guar. You, thought, you should join the band. You thought Jim Blossoms was a person. Yeah. No, I didn't. Never. <laughs> I was such a fan that I knew the difference. Sure, sure. And for the record, let's see how many monthly listeners Guar has on Spotify. Oh, they got a lot. Dave Brocky died, man. You got to get 130,000. That's okay. awesome. I figured. Look, they've been in movies. They should be bigger. No yeah. one listens to Gore. And you can Gore. send your hate mail to P.O. Box it's 10016, Guar. Cedar Rapids, Iowa. New P.O. Box. Now. How about that? Yeah. Gore. Who? What it is? Okay. What's it good for? <laughs> Me. I like it. TV Guide Magazine, again, the authority on movies, gave it a 50 out of 100, gave it a half out of one. Ins- insubstantial, predictable, and often dull. It, it, it's a dismaying move. Uh, from director Alan Moyle, who displayed a real grasp of pulp energy in 1990s Pump Up the Volume. Yep. Empire also said, for all its faults, it's uh, the good-natured, quirky humor uh, that this, for the most part, offers is u- ultimately makes it very hard to dislike. We like the title of the movie. Yes. Yeah, they stole it. but Right. They, <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate the shout-out in their title, uh, but you know, we just couldn't agree. <laughs> can't co-sign on that. <laughs> we can't co-sign on this one. I do want to bring this up. Might be the first one from our new exclusive Ooh, Discord. Yeah. Um, the new Patreon the new, tier. The new Patreon tier. Uh, exclusive in there. Mr. Jarrett Layoff gave us some some great little feedback. He gave us a kind of a nice little review, but he did find one that uh, he, he found one out there that I didn't get to see. He thought I might have found it, but I want to give him credit for finding it. Um, this critic review, it said, the, it called the movie, uh, it's a soundtrack in search of a movie. And I mm. couldn't agree more. I I think that's the most profound review of this movie, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I, I almost want to debate that it's it's a movie in search of a soundtrack. Oh, wow. Really? It's, okay. We we'll talk about that, that more when I we get into it. I thought you were a fan it. of Jim. Gin. Blossoms. Jim Blossoms. I really like gin. I like Blossoms, though. You're like, okay, well. Um, You're allowed to have at least one good song in the movie. <laughs> 
Um, I and Jarrett, you you did also mention in here that you want to punch Eddie. Um, we'll tackle that in a little bit later on down the line here. Okay. Um, he's apparently also one of those people that added Rex, Rex Manning Day to his holiday list. Cool. So okay. Congrats, Jarrett. Um, <laughs> Good job, man. And thank you for yeah, thank thanks. you for shouting that out. Actually, <laughs> in the uh, in the in the Discord channel. This is a one out of ten. This was in 2019. Uh, there is no dog in this movie, said Pronine. Oh my god, the poster has a freaking <laughs> dog on it. There's a dog in it. Where's the dog? There you go. March 15th, 2019. There are some films that may not be perfect, but have just the right amount of charm and nostalgic value that you can't help but enjoy them. Empire Records is not one of those films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you saw it coming to my oh, is it? Yeah, as soon as you started talking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know some people have a soft spot for those films. I know some people, they have a soft spot for this one in particular, uh, but not me. Empire Records is one of the most abysmally annoying films I've ever seen in my life. There's no character, no charm, no originality, no effort, exclamation mark. It all feels like one long, poorly edited music video with a sloppy screenplay attached at the last minute. <laughs> Speaking of which, this movie is written terribly. There is a point... When one character commits a federal crime, which would normally result in prison sentence, and the action is brushed off like nothing. In fact, there are multiple scenes just like this. The film also has the dignity to take difficult subject matters such as drugs, depression, and even suicide, and just brush them off in its own <laughs> idiotic way before returning to, mo to more quick editing, loud music, and screaming teenagers. <laughs> I want to say Empire Records is so bad it's good. But that would also require actual enjoyment of the film. <laughs> as far as that goes, I received none. Other than all that, I would recommend seeing this film if you're catatonic. Ooh. <laughs> got him. Jab. Got it. <laughs> I kind of like that. All right. Yes. Come on. Watch the rabbit punches. Uh, <laughs> local man. This, this is mostly just good for the title. Uh, number one. Local man attempts to ruin business ruined by teens. Uh, <laughs> A terrible movie that attempts to be deep and meaningful are shallow and dumb. None of these characters are characters. They're all character types and do not have anything close to depth or anything of interest to say. Okay. But I will give you this one. This is a 7 out of 10, guys. Uh, Nick Tusk, uh, January 2nd of 2024, it was very recent, said, A little gay, but okay. <laughs> What year was this? <laughs> well, you, it was in 2024, but apparently he thought he was still in 1995. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I get it. No, he's just giving us his, his nostalgia. Oh, uh, no, this is my nostalgia. <laughs> like, I just wanted to review it in the most, like, you know, pure form nostalgia that I could. It's okay. So. I only said words like that back then. I, yeah. If we're talking like back I mean, then. I, I don't talk like that anymore. I just, you know, <laughs> not bad. I was expecting Richard Linklater. Uh, type of movie, but had some okay storylines. Renee Zellweger, young as hell. <laughs> Again, cool. cool. It, it wasn't okay back he didn't, then. Like, it, you know what? At least he didn't like say young twice. It's like <laughs> young, young as hell. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's different. Young and licked, <laughs> he puts asterisk, licks my lips. Young as hell. <laughs> <sighs> and then, along with Liv. Tyler and Rory Cochran. He put a apostrophe in between uh, Liv and... Got to. Livia. <laughs> or, or, or I'm sorry, a comma. He put a comma oh. <laughs> in between Liv and Tyler uh, and Rory Cochran. This is not a movie like Dazed and Confused. 
It's simply about a record store, a vaguely familiar storyline that kind of wanders about uh, in a half comedic, half drama sense of the store. Losing money and then raising money to keep the store, not a dynamic plot, trying to hit a similar genre to either Clerks or Mallrats, but I think they sort of failed in that category. That was a long sentence. Other than that, is definitely an older film, which is cool. I like watching the 90s genre. I probably won't watch this film again, even though I didn't hate it. He gave that a 7 out of 10. I don't okay. know where the honor or the appreciation really was. <laughs> okay. nope. I don't want to watch it again, but hey, Renee Zellweger is young. 7 out of 10. Seven Big out yikes. Of ten. Young, young, young Renee. Young, young, young <sighs> Renee. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks, <laughs> AJ. Why are you saying it the worst it gets? It's awful. <laughs> thanks, AJ. I've always wanted to dabble more in the world of THC gummies. Yeah. But after having a terrible experience where the one time they're like, oh, just have an ear. It'll be fine. It wasn't fine. After that, I've been so reluctant to ever try THC gummies. Microdosing's always been something I've wanted to try, though, and today's sponsor has provided us with what we've dreamed of. All sorts of people out in the world are microdosing to feel healthier, to feel happier, and to perform better. Microdosing is equivalent to getting into the zone, the just right feeling, those perfect moments when your body and mind are relaxed and at peace. Instead of reaching for a case of beer or a bottle of wine during the dark, lonely, cold nights of winter i've been popping a microdose gummy and i can tell you that it's been an incredible decision people report that it relieves anxiety pain muscle tension that it spices up sex and int- intimacy yeah, it helps dude. people fall asleep stay asleep and it can even help yeah, with your yeah, focus oh, and yeah. creativity for me it's relaxation and living in the moment it's so rare that i have a night off on the weekend to just sit at home pop in a good movie but usually it's hard to turn off my brain once i do sit down i find myself reaching for my phone thinking about something to do with microdose gummies i've been able to just sit relax leave my phone in the other room it's absolutely incredible i can't recommend it more a tiny dose of thc does wonders you need to try it the best part about this product is that you can take an extremely small dose just to feel the microdosing effects without feeling impaired Great for beginners, but you can also just pop in more if you're a veteran. If you're a veteran, take a couple, full send. That is why Microdose is a game changer. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com. Use code CONFUSED to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, microdose.com. Code confused. Microdose.com. Code for you confused. <laughs> Microdose.com. Code confused. Micro- so, just say Mic- somebody said 30% off. Just somebody 30% say off. 30% off. Well, boy, well, boys, it's time to travel back in time to a simpler time when you when the only way you could get your music was to go to a music store owned by a guy who hates music stores oh. run by a guy who looks like Scott Stapp who plays his drums in the office yeah, during dude. business hours What's yep up, i'm dude? just saying and manned by kids who don't actually do any work you could even bring your girlfriend with you and have sex in a listening booth while checking out the newest war album Six. what a time to be alive not a cell phone in sight let's do this here we go Scene one, Empire Records is a small independent record shop managed by Joe Reeves. Joe selects Lucas to close the store for the night. Lucas discovers Empire Records is about to be converted into a franchise called Music Town. In an attempt to save the store, he takes the day's cash to Atlantic City and loses everything. 
The next morning, Mark and AJ arrive at the store and quickly deduce what Lucas has done. Joe discovers the money missing. Can we start off with the Jared uh, Layoff Actor Database? Do you sure, mind? Sure, sure. Let's do it. I love it. This is a unique one where there's really not much to report. Lots and lots of actors making their second appearance on this show. Interestingly enough, three people from our movie, Dazed and Confused. Yeah. You got Rory Cochran. Um, James Chemo Wills, uh, he's Eddie. Eddie. He apparently was a guy at the party uh, in Dazed and Confused. I mean, yeah. I think I remember. He, he's <laughs> he not even an actor. He just found him. They're like, you want to you want to hang out? And he's like, yeah, sounds well, good. He, he was definitely sitting around like Slater and, yes. and yeah. uh, Pickman on, with the... In the car. Yeah, 100%. We are the aliens, man. <laughs> yeah. With a split. The aliens. Oh, You're yeah. right. That is. Yeah, it's got to be right. That is. And then you uh, obviously got Renee Zellweger, who, yeah. we, as we talked about, was girl in the blue truck yes. in Days of Confused. Uh, but most importantly, I want to point out Robin Tunney. You remember what movie she was in that we did? Oh, She's Deborah man. in this movie. Mars? No, she was Ella in Encino Man. She was. Uh, oh yeah, she was oh, her my friend. Gosh, Remember, yeah. she goes. He's from Estonia, and I think he's jive. <laughs> like <laughs> she's the one that just loves on Lincoln yeah, first. Like her, her friend. So she's Betty. she's fantastic. Yeah, Betty movie. Collins, Rory Cochran's character doing this. Does it make any sense? Like he's trying to save the record store, I guess, but it also doesn't seem like he is. It just seems like he lost it. It's like he's just like he's just being reckless. Yeah, it just, yeah, like it just seems like he lost it, and he just just doesn't care anymore. There's not enough like justification as to like why he so he decided to go to Atlantic City with the money from the store. Which, by the way, this store clears out nine thousand dollars nine ninety one hundred dollars a night or a day is what he said. Like yes, because I think Mitchell says like yesterday's deposit or something. Yep. yep. Um, which was a Friday. Yeah, we, a which, Friday. which was a Friday. So you're telling me that they, in like 1995, that's like the equivalent of like, what, 20, 18, 18 to 20 grand. So if you do the math of $9,000 from la- from back then, yeah. let's just say they're open 300 days a year and that's what they average. That's $2.7 million. Oh my God. Is what that store generates so this, in gross that's sales. That's not a success. They're, to they're trying it. to be like, yeah, it's, it's not. We don't know. Yeah, we think it, we got to make more money and convert it to a music town. We need, yeah, we need more money for for uh to be, a, be music town will give us more money and we'll be better off. Like that's what Mitchell is thinking. Like that guy's got to be cleaning up if he's the owner of this place. Yeah, right. Yeah, you so, would think. I don't know. Like I am gonna look that up. I want to know what ninety one hundred dollars uh, in ninety five was. But in the in the meantime, he takes that money. Puts it all on the line at a craps table, which is just to double your money. Yeah. And basically goes through. And you guys know I like to play craps and everything. Yep. Here's the reason why he lost that money. It's because the guy next to him wouldn't keep his stupid <laughs> mouth shut and threw off his rhythm. Yep. The girl, a girl standing next to you, but not letting her roll a dice. She's been around this craps table a bunch. I don't, tell, so. right? I don't think you are playing craps if there's not a girl next to you. Correct. Like, yeah. yeah. Like you are sex. I know. I, you I like are your, sex. I like your style. <laughs> well, Joe told me to count it twice. <laughs> like, so, but like that's all, those are all good karma things around a craps table. And, but then that guy talking to him, that's an $18,000 bet, kid. You sure you know what you're doing? And he throws him off yep. and answers his question and rolls the dice. And that is what threw him off. That guy's my most punchable face, by the way. Okay. Um, the guy at the craps table. Hit it! If we were on a train, I just to wanted you guys, face, I didn't want to yeah. force you guys. 
talking about? Do you got one? Ethan Embry needs to be punched real bad. Um, is he, I don't is, know what's going on with him in this movie. We will get to it a little later, I guess. But um, he needs to calm the fuck down <laughs> and be a real person for a sec. Like I like mm. barring like he's maybe like he does he have problems? I I feel like I feel like everyone in this movie is punchable. I, yeah, yeah. I just man, he's annoying in this, and I love Ethan Embry. Like, yeah, I really do. FYI, it's about exactly that. Nineteen ninety-five, ninety-one hundred dollars would be worth eighteen thousand dollars. So that's about five million a year. Five million is, a year is what you're grossing. Is what they're clearing. It's pretty good. That's not bad, right? I mean, no. what's your rent over there or something? Like your overhead can't be that yeah. bad. Two, two um, grand a month, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Ethan Embry's character in this reminds me of like a Matthew Lillard, yeah, kind of vibe. Yeah, you know, kind of off the wall, just and crazy, not like charming Matthew it. Lillard. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. This isn't Matthew Lillard from like Without a Paddle. This is Matthew Lillard from like Scream. God damn it! And uh, yeah, well, you're welcome. And I'm sorry, I'm right. Uh, <laughs> but I will tell you this, Mike. This is my Rory Cochran. Okay, so but my punchable face is Lucas. Okay. I, I think this is one of the worst, most pointless, dumbest characters that has ever been written into a movie. Really? I, I, I completely do. Like, he's so fucking hateable. What he does, and then him, him like, coming back and not owning up to anything. Yeah. And having the guts just be like, yeah, whatever. Like, sorry. And not apologizing for it. He's trying to be cool and like philosophical on everything. Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. Mm-hmm. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> Aliens, man. Dude, and, and this is keep in mind the era we're in here. Like, give me if we're talking about influential people on a high school mind, it's not Lucas. I hope no one attempts to be him. Give Uh-oh. me Mitchell Guzan all day. Like, let me let me try to be Mitchell Guzan. He actually is at least, least like a normal good person that has philosophical things to say. Lucas sucks. <laughs> yes, you're 100% correct. No, no, I'm not saying anything. I, I think Rory Cochran is an incredible actor who yeah, makes... Right. Yeah. Who, it, like, is it... Is, does he do that? Is that the direction of this movie to make us hate him? Or was this the 90s where it was like, dude, this is a really cool guy that people are going to relate to. I'm wow. really I'm really confused and conflicted about a lot of the characterizations in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And like I, I really it, it's from what it sounds like because you watch the the extended version, right? I, I saw so I watched it. Twice. I watched the version that most people have seen. And then last night um, I watched I, I just hit it. I put it on flex. You know our little secret flex oh, yeah. account, flex. and it was the it was the extended version. Okay, oh wow, so I've I, seen it. From yeah, what I, you, from your tone, what I'm gathering is that it didn't do anything else. It just it added um, the extended version just added a bunch of pointless conversations. Okay, to go well, along are, with many of the pointless were they, conversations. Were they pointless, or did they add any characters? There's a few things context that, and, as we get into it, I will I will point okay. out. There's a few that did add a little extra context. The, the thing it never explains is why Lucas does what he does. Okay. I know there are some implications that maybe he like did this to, to keep, I've heard one where he, he did it to make sure that Joe didn't make a mistake and throw his life away by like becoming part of the man yeah. that he had this grand scheme plan. I don't buy that. I, yeah. I mean, mm. because we don't make mention of that near the end. Like, does you he? Knew we about, don't. Joe does. He says, okay. you knew you about knew this it. all along, didn't you? He's like, what do you mean? He's like the store. He, so he kind of does. Yes. He alludes to it, but we just simply don't get enough characterization up through yeah. anybody for me to care about any of their actions or what I they're agree. doing. Right. Like it's just, that's just the way it is. And I, I was hoping that maybe the longer cut 
would squash some of that and add some characterizations. Like, I don't know. I assume these people are out of high school, like maybe going to college. Well, I They're think, in this like range. So right? they, they do say this might have been an extended version. Somebody does say that um, Lucas is 21. They go, you're 21. Like okay. they specifically say that. And we know that Liv Tyler's 17. Right. So I think we've got this like three to four year gap. Which makes pe- which makes sense employing people at like a, a record store yeah. or like a video store even, but those uh, are the people who want to work there. It's just like their relationships are, are don't intertwine or like all of their they know each other and they know each other through work. And I get that. I've mean, I've never worked retail, so I'm not like privy on that kind of relationship or anything. But as far as the movie goes, I don't get enough at all to even like I said care about him at all. Or what, what are you pressing? No, I I, I wanted to hit My this. I'm Sean. Because of what you were saying, I felt the same way. I was like, it's fun. I didn't get any, I didn't get what I wanted out of this movie. So I went searching for like, is there any like information out there? I I have like three different fan theories on this movie. Okay. One came from Mr. Kenobi on Reddit. Um, He thinks that Lucas is being driven by a supernatural force that he encountered a demon in Atlantic city who took over his body. I mean, literally anything else will make sense. And like, I'm following, I'm so in on this right now because it's the only thing that makes sense to me. He changed. They say, yeah, (laughs) like he's not whoever Lucas is in this movie is not who he, who he normally is. It doesn't seem like, no, none of his words make any sense anymore. He sits there with this weird look on his face. They even say, AJ even says yesterday you were were normal. normal. Yeah. Today you're the Chinese guy from karate kids. So, and he goes, what's, what's with today today? Like today, he's literally not making any sense at the craps table. He's got all this luck, but, we're saying that a force greater than him basically said, nope, you're going to keep going until you lose this money because the effects of everything that happens in this movie comes from him losing this money. By the end, Deb realizes she's loved and seen. Gina takes the lead on Sugar High, follows her musical dreams. AJ goes to art school. Corey realizes she doesn't need to be perfect all the time. Joe buys Empire Records. Joe even called Lucas out. He says, you knew this was going to happen. It's implied Lucas knew all this would happen, if not directly forcing it to happen when he went to Atlantic City. After getting scolded by Joe, he tells Joe that it's all going to be okay. He's like, dude, it's going to be fine. I lost your money. Don't worry. Just wait and see what's going to happen. He knows that Deb's okay. He's like, Deb's okay. And he's holding her brain up really weird. He he even says, always play with their minds. He even says that in the movie. I mean, towards the end, he has a fourth wall break for no reason at all, where he says, perfect. So, I mean, people are thinking maybe he's either some sort of demon that is manipulating this whole movie or... It's just all a dream when he fell asleep on his motorcycle and he wakes up, the whole movie's a dream from there. Think about it. I mean, it. I'm okay with literally both of those. <laughs> I mean, like, and, it, it and makes more sense than what actually happens. It in really this movie. does. Like I, I like I said, I never worked retail or anything, and like it it just seems like all of these characters aren't fleshed out whatsoever. And I I don't know. It like all of their quirks and, and isms that they have just don't make any sense. It would be more understandable if they just gave any more, yeah. you know, honestly, honestly, bit. just any more for, for all of them. Right. And I mean, when I say a little more, I mean like 30 seconds of character. Yeah. You could have done that. You know, you could have given any sort of extra background. It's a, as simple as Deb riding in on the Vespa, you know, for later on, it's like just that she rides a Vespa and that who cares her and well, like, well, you care when she says I sold it, you know, it, but those little things, right? I, which, which doesn't even about matter because they have a party or, and make the money. It's like, oh, well, her and Coyote have like a, <laughs> like a Burko. 
have a relationship. Like, dude, I don't we don't know. Need, we don't know. needs to be gone from this. Yeah, movie. it doesn't well, matter. Apparently, he, lo- several characters were actually cut from this movie. Good. Like f- wholeheartedly. Why did we cut Brecco? Apparently, the dog was cut from this movie because <laughs> <laughs> look at the poster. There's the dog. <laughs> After they made the poster, they also cut all the people of color from this movie. Too. They did. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, they really did. There's not even somebody wearing glasses in this movie. No. Okay, like <laughs> <laughs> they are all perfect. They are all literally perfect human beings. God. And like, there's there's not even there's not even a slightly thick kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really it. Um, but. Like I say, any like 30 seconds a character, it could have it could have helped out a lot with this movie, yeah. you know, and that's that's really it. And like I say, Rory Cochran, this is my co- my Rory Cochran. This, this, is, this is my cock. <laughs> OK, because when it comes down to it, this, this Cochran is my cock. Man. This, this is my Cochran that I are you saying Cochran. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for clarifying. I jumble it. Can Iowa we get accent. a can we get a, a merchandise item that's a cock ring with Rory Cochran? <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or a Cochran cock ring. <laughs> that's why you come to us, folks. Cochran cock ring. That's why you're here. But I remember saying these lines almost verbatim to you teachers because cool, I you? thought he was cool. He had this like. He had, he had this mysterious vibe, and I thought he was cool. Did you, you know? wear uh, turtlenecks? Uh, I didn't wear turtlenecks. They didn't compliment my body <laughs> like they did for him. Um, you know, as long as, I, as long as it's black, it doesn't. You know, right? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, it and it's it's always form. that thing of yeah, like when he's talking to Joe, it's like, "Where's the money?" He's like, "It's in Atlantic City." What's it doing in Atlantic City? He's like, "Well, redistributing." Like, you know? will, you sh- will you just get shut up <laughs> and get to the point, man? Like, no, I I agree with you. I think that his performance is really yeah. good. It's it's gonna be all right, Joe. What makes you think that? And it's like, who knows where thoughts come from? They Dude, just, just happen. And he's up. just like, mm-hmm. just shut up. <laughs> and I remember doing that to a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were loved. I was probably hated by that teacher. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't know. Maybe some of this is like informed by the time that we're living in in the '90s, um, where like you know the youth was pretty confused about a lot of things, and you know the Columbine aspect mm. of it and everything like that. Kind of like the misdirection of of the youth of the time. You know, the only thing that was leading these kids was Nirvana, and then that was about to end. You know, um, maybe that that's my justification of it, of like why they're acting so erratic, all of these people. And like, yeah, they are just kids. But I think maybe some of the time informs some of it. What do you guys think? It's funny that you say that because I read a little piece that said some of the reason for, there was a specific reason for April 8th, which is the Rex Manning day. Mm. But I believe that it was either that day or the day before something like that, that that they found Kurt Cobain. Oh, okay. It was the day. It's kind of like the it day was... the music died for the 90s. Sure. You know what okay. I mean? And, uh, and that was what, what prompted this movie date or Rex Manning, day, yeah. if you will. I'll tell you what, though. The, the thing that does make me happy about this movie is the fascination with like record stores at the time. Mm. Yeah. You know, you, Sam Goody's Tower Records, like they're... To, to kids listening now, like you li- you had to physically walk into a music store and buy your CDs. And they had listening booths. There were booths that you could walk into and preview an album to make sure it was cool. Mm-hmm. And it was the coolest. I never got to work in a music store, but that was the pinnacle of all jobs. And they do yeah. a, well, a, a, go- a good job of selling it here. Like the coolest of the cool kids work at a record store. The the whole vibe of of like the set of the record store yes. and just like the the aspect of working in one they nail i they think nail like it. it's 
that's what I do like about this movie a whole lot. Like the vibe is on point. It really is. It's hard to resonate with nowadays though because there are no music stores. Yeah. Retail definitely doesn't employ ten people at a time because <laughs> yeah. that's fucked up. Yeah. And and like the idea of just standing around and having conversations with people. Yeah. If this happened now. It would just be people on their phones sharing memes with each other, being like, have you seen this? Have yeah. you seen this TikTok? That's totally this? true. Have well, you seen this TikTok? No, oh my they God, would did never, you see that thing on the TikTok? They would part. never have conversations about any of this stuff, even though it's not like important. They try to make these conversations as important they're not. Yeah. But like they think they are at the time. Even like the little sort of uh, weird details of like, I, I think this is what's happening. They they match up the M&Ms to see who gets the first song play or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they that's have cool. veto rules and yeah. stuff like that. That is cool shit. Yeah. It, it, that's, I think the culture around the store is, is what's really great. And I think, I honestly do believe that a lot of the conversations that are, hap- that are happening, not I'm not talking about as we get into this, like these, what are meant to be deep conversations, but I think that conversations that do happen in the store are a great example of important conversations that you have when you're that age. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what's great. And like at the very end, like when Eddie and Mark are sitting on the curb, yeah. you know, the, the end credit scene, we'll get to it. But again, those are the conversations that we would have, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and I've had that conversation before. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I do believe that I just wish that everything was a little bit more fleshed out and a little bit more reasoning to why this movie started the way it did. And I'm glad that that scene happened because if he didn't go to Atlantic City and if nothing hap- if if that didn't happen, like you said Mike, we don't have a movie. We don't. The cover of Hey Joe as Joe walks in. <laughs> Amazing. I do like it. It's one of my favorite placements of songs actually. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, you know, it it I think it's when he directly finds out that the the money's missing. He's like, "Hey Joe." Like that was a cool cue. Comes like, out this, pissed. This Where movie are you going knows, with that gun and knows what hand? it's doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and again, I think that um, the music, whether you love it or hate it, is another character in this because I, be- I do believe that this is an example of musical lyrics, not necessarily mu- music, that are very, very well placed in a song or in a movie. Mm-hmm. So, and we'll go through them. We got to talk about DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. They are bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet only $5 on any game, and you get $200 instantly back in bonus bets. This is the easiest way to get into sports betting. Low stakes allows you to make a ton of bonus bets with this $200. If you've ever considered making watching sports more entertaining and fun, this is your chance. Shit, Lucas could have just got on his phone in the back office and made some sports bets instead of driving his motorcycle all the way to Atlantic City. I'm putting nine grand on the Dallas Cowboys. That's yep. not. Let's go, baby. That's not. I'm, I feel good about that, yeah. man. They gave me ten thousand to one odds that Creed's going to play the halftime <laughs> show. So I'm. I, if somebody gives you ten thousand one odds, you take that. Bet. <laughs> yeah, you that's bet very smart. On your heart, and yep. that's it. Think about all the options for fun bets this upcoming Sunday. NFL playoffs will begin. It's going to be wild. I made a bet earlier in the season that the Buffalo Bills would win it all. Oh. So I'm holding on to that. I'm hoping this is the year they get past the dreaded Kansas City Chiefs because mm-hmm. oh. nobody likes the Chiefs. Nope. Not anymore.
more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code CONFUSE. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code CONFUSE. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restriction terms. Responsible gaming resources. Scene two. The rest of the employees arrive at work to start the day, including Deborah, who locks herself in a bathroom and shaves her head after attempting suicide the night before. Joe explains the music takeover. A young shoplifter named Warren is apprehended and held until police arrive. I was going to ask you guys, what do we think about all of these? Now all the main characters are together. Yeah. Do we actually like any of these characters? That's question number one. Question number two is if you were... Picking yourself as a high schooler, who were you? Mm. Like, which character were you most likely? I did try to think about this. Um, and unfortunately, I was never pretty enough to be any of them. So you know, I don't just know. Just personality-wise. Oh, yeah. It still I wasn't. wasn't beautiful enough to no, be any not, of them. Dude, look at <laughs> us. None of us <laughs> Their were. personalities were much more beautiful than mine. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe Eddie, right? Is that... You were the, Eddie. the stoner Eddie? I guess I, I'm maybe closest to him, but I did Making brush my brownies. Teeth. Yeah, you actually brushed your teeth. Jesus Christ, man. Him and Bracco or whatever the hell his Burko. name is. Fucking Burko. hideous. Like, you guys, what is the matter with you? Yeah. What's going on with your face? You're young. Maybe, how, you're, how, how are, are your you? feet? How are your teeth? That are bad? Maybe a little bit of both of them that I was. But as far as our relationship goes, like I, like I said, I don't have enough information on these guys to like believe that they're friends or that they're even no. coworkers. Like this seems like the first day on the job. Kind of, and there's like they're guessing, like, oh, remember back like a week ago we did this? Is like I just assume that they made that up because yeah. I have no idea. You yeah. know, I think a great idea of which character are you? I think a better way to play it is which one did you want to be, okay. and which one like did you not want to be almost or like which one were you actually though? You know, what I mean, it's like yeah, because like I, I, it's like I did. I wanted to be Lucas. But I was probably somewhere between like Lucas and and AJ. Yeah, I because was, I w- I wanted to be a hopeless romantic, but I was never outspoken about it like he is. Yeah, I, I was, might even be a real, little bit Robin Tunney. Oh, there you go. See, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You I shaved like your head before? No, just you know. I can weird, see that on the job like on that. the clock. You shaved your head? No, you know you what? For it, I was Liv Tyler then because I was just way too innocent <laughs> to like understand what was going on around me. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. Do you think Madonna will lose make me lose my virginity today when she comes into the store in Mount Pleasant? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, you think you think so? As I stroke like a a photo Oof. of it, it no, it's like no, it's not going to happen. I no. think I was AJ, kind of hopeless romantic, but like artsy oh, at man, the same time. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> I think that I think that had to be who I am. But I I just don't like I don't find any connection to any of these people though. Like, I don't either. When it's over, I'm just like. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm glad that that worked out for that person that I really cared about. Oh, I don't. Here's the thing. Care about I I realize and this is we've said this before about um another movie that we have we have done before. Um that the idea is you realize that you're you are more than one of these people. Like you're a collective of these people, right? Like I can't remember what the last movie we did that we kind of said this in, but 
It's like, no, I, I feel like I'm all of these guys. It could have been Breakfast Club. It even. was it's like, I think I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm, I, I'm pieces and parts of all of them, even though they tried to almost pigeonhole these characters. I don't think they did a good job of that because I identify with several of them. And then I realized, I don't know that I actually identify with any of these characters. I identify with the dialogue that was written. Yeah. And that's honestly it. Cause I don't feel anything towards the way you said it. I feel something towards what's being said. Does that make any sense? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, the vibe of it is like sort of a, a aimless generation just doesn't know what's going to happen or what's, you know, kind of like at the end of days of confused where they're just like, I don't know, I guess I'll do senior year yeah. and yeah. go to college or whatever. I guess I'll do that. I mean, that's high school in a, it, in a nutshell, really. I do yeah. get that vibe, but that's way too broad of a, a detail to just be like, oh, yeah, I can totally relate to all you guys. You know? Yeah. Um, and like even I, like Ethan Embry's character. What's his damn name? Doesn't Mark. Matter. Mark. Yeah, with a C. I'm like, what is going on, man? Are you OK? <laughs> Dude. And like licking, licking the poster outside uh, and shit. Licking he, the girl's feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, yeah, she he totally like kissed a stranger's feet. Feet. But she were they strangers? I, they had By the way, that, don't was, know. that was wish.com Katie Holmes. I had oh, to look nice, it up nice. to be like, is that <laughs> Katie Holmes? Sure? <laughs> no, no, wish.com. I don't oh. know if he was okay at all. And like I I I've known people like that, but not that bad, Ooh. you know, and it's just I don't know what's going on with it. It's them. not good. And yeah. is your art is gluing pennies and quarters to the I don't fucking have to floor. My to you. What are you doing? Uh, that's again, that is one of my favorite lines of this movie don't though. We, don't we need money? Well, again, that's my favorite. <laughs> the fuck? His rent just went up. Yeah. yeah. That's 12 bucks in who, quarters. Who glued these quarters down? And he's, just, he's like, I don't feel the need. I did. My- I did. What? What the hell for? I don't feel the need to explain my art to you, Warren. It's like, I love that. Yeah. That's, That's not again. art. That is just idiotic yes. and stupid. No, I, I, like, just I disagree because I'm just like, I think it's fucking funny because you're watching him try to pick them up. I think that's hilarious. That's an art project in itself. I would do that in the corner of an art museum of my, of, of like, if I had a, if I had an art show and art hanging up everywhere and then there would be a spot where like, there would be quarters glued down and I would just want to watch and count how many people tried to pick them up. It would be funny because you're doing it. Yeah. It's, it's stupid because he it's actually... Andy Kaufman level humor. It's stupid because he's not even on that level. Okay. He's, he's on the level of this is actually art. Oh, like, he thinks look, it's art. Look That's why he thinks it is. Look at this profound Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> wow. What do you think about it? It's like, no. Like, yes, that is funny. An Andy Kaufman level kind of joke, but he is doing it on purpose and... I think he's pretentious about his gluing money to the floor. <laughs> also, why isn't Joe pissed about that? Yeah. <laughs> we have to vacuum around there. <laughs> We're going to break the chip the vacuum. What, the, what are you doing? <laughs> but you do got to talk about like the Deb stuff. Like, you know, I mean, this is definitely pretty profound. Um, I remember thinking it was when I saw it of like, oh, man, she's like, attempted suicide and she shaved her head. Like anytime a woman shaves their hair, their head on screen, it's just like, Wow, I can't believe you did that. You know, like it's yeah. such a moment. Mm. You're just in like cuz she's doing the she's not acting that she's <laughs> that she's shaving her head. She's shaving her head yeah. she's and seeing it for it. the first time. Like it's it's incredible, but it just 
it's so weird how they handle like I feel like today if they remade this movie this whole thing would be different Suic- the What's suicide today, attempt would today? just yeah, stop it <laughs> the, sui- the suicide attempt would be a much bigger arc in this whole thing of yeah. like of a, of a lesson learned and make sure you get help and this is just like yeah she did it and uh Okay, I guess we we'll, we'll probably won't really talk about it anymore. I guess they yeah. sort of they gloss it as if it is simply a cry for help, not yeah. an actual attempt. Yes, You're then right. you have the later scene of her like mock funeral and everything, and I think that that's completely okay. Like, obviously, I think she's more she's going through stuff, but she's also into darker kind of themes of whatever. And I've known people like that, and I've been like you this, are where she, yeah, kind You're, of where it's yeah. just like, but. The, and the movie portrays it and comes off to me as selfishness. And uh, it's not like taken care of. Yes. Like you guys are saying. It's not, they don't, they kind of gloss over the fact that she's suicidal right now where she needs help. And Even just the, the self cry, the cry for help version of that, it's still really like we need to figure this out. And yeah. Talk and about if you want to lean into it and do like a mock funeral for yourself, it's not going to help <laughs> if it's in that vein of, well, we loved her and everything. Like, it's not therapy's going to help, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, like, yes. Getting actual help.com. No. Yes. To anybody <laughs> out there that has thoughts like that, it's it's get seek help. It is. Like, it is important to to, to, to talk to it. somebody. Yes. And, and she doesn't want to talk to anybody in this movie. It's you know? very like, true. And you know, there are those moments where I think there is some genuine concern showed for Deb. However. Somehow it doesn't make an impact on the viewer. I don't know. It doesn't. You know, because, and she even, and I think part of it for me, especially upon this rewatch was, was the moment when she goes out and the other two girls are at the register and she says, oh, just in case before you hear all about it and kind of shows. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's like, even that right there is kind of like, it does seem like you're almost being a little dramatic, but at the same time, you still did that. Yes. And it shouldn't be like brushed over. Yeah. So. Well, and so, I mean, then we got to talk about the greatest character in this entire movie. The only one that I want to love and hang out with. It's Warren. <laughs> yeah. Okay. War- Warren, I'm kind of with you. Warren's man. the best character in this movie. And, and Eddie. Like, I like uh, Eddie a not, lot. I'm going to be honest with you. Eddie is my lovable face. A- Eddie's a lovable face. Not my most teeth. punchable face, Jarrett. I, okay. I, I agree with you. I think it's totally and completely because of the end credit scene. Really? Which yeah. We'll get to, yeah. I think all, all the way along this movie, Eddie is giving great, reasonable, wonderful, like, and honest, almost advice or yeah. feedback. When he walks in and talked to Mike about, or, or Mike, uh, Mark, mm-hmm. about the tape. A little Floyd, a little Zeppelin, a little this. Floyd's cool. <laughs> like that thing, right? Oh, but, <laughs> and so, but, <laughs> fuck. It's like, it's like, jeez, dude. But someone needs to take him in a corner and be like, settle down. Calm down. Take it easy. Relax. Stroke, stroke the free wall. Like <laughs> yeah. at that level. But when he's when he's doing that with Mark, when he sits down with Liv Tyler at the thing after the yeah, yeah. you know, we'll get there. But and then like you forgot your thingy. Like he doesn't <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I love those I love moments. That. With, I don't know what it is. Hey Joe, sorry I'm late, man. I brought some pizza for everybody in case anybody was hungry. Where's sexy Rexy? <laughs> like Eddie, I love you, man. Yeah, you are I, amazing. Do you know what his job is in the in the record store? 
Is he a janitor or something? No, no. So that is some of the extended scenes. He runs this little kiosk in the corner that's for strictly for vinyl. Oh, and he like okay. repairs oh. vinyl records and tells he's people he's the best man. Like yeah, yeah, he yeah. is officially the best. Yeah, then yeah, um, he is. I totally agree with you. And I, w- I was kind of wanting to say this towards the end, but like when he when they're having the argument of like the Pixies had a better baseline or Pixies had Primus. better baselines than Primus or whatever, I'm like, this is the movie. What? Yeah, you're working. This is completely record. the you're movie. You're working at a record store. Why are we Cheers. not talking about music? Yeah, like I, I, I'm glad you guys agree. I'm like I, more scenes like this. I would have fallen completely head yes. over heels in love with this movie. It would have been like it uh, would have been high like fidelity. Clerks yes. meets high fidelity meets dazing and fuse. It would yeah. have been like and the like, perfect you can, movie. You can inject in like the social commentary and everything mm-hmm. of of like people being depressed or like you know these kids are going through something. You can inject all that with with this conversation. It's almost like you know I guess Tarantino like dialogue. We would have cared so much yes. more about these characters if if they kind of had this kind of nonchalant. Uh, oh relaxed Eddie yeah. kind of vibe yep. to him, you know. You're you're 100 right. The 30 seconds you need is them <laughs> interacting, talking about the music that they care about. Because yeah. of that, that's so much background for a character. A lot of the reviews and stuff are, are like, you know, the music of this time is informing these kids' lives. We don't see any of that. They just play music, right? And they work in a record store, and that's it. Yeah. Well, and then you get fucking Brocco, who like enters. <laughs> Three times now. <laughs> ca- I, don't care. I don't care I what his name is. I know. He I walks in with an electric guitar in his hand, not in a case. <laughs> the, whoever wrote this movie Ugh. knows nothing about anything. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, yeah, that guy's in a band, so he carries an electric guitar oh, around with him without a case. <laughs> and he carries it the whole fucking movie. Like, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a musician. I'm a musician. I carry this guitar with me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was the cut off sleeves of my leather button up shirt. I don't know. Maybe it's my fucked up teeth. That's that's Coyote Shivers. Coyote Shivers. Yeah, like cool fucking name. I I kept wanting to call him Shivers because I didn't want to believe that it was Coyote Shivers. It's got to be. It it is now. I can't stand him. Well, wasn't he? Isn't he in at this time? Musician technically lived Tyler's stepdad, (laughs) dude. Right? Wait. Did you guys read that? Wait. 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 What? Coyote Shivers, uh, at the time, was married to Liv Tyler's mom, making him Liv Tyler's stepdad during this movie. What? This is what? A little bit of an age gap. He was 12 years older than Liv Tyler. At the filming, at the time of the filming of this, <laughs> yes. Or again, well, well, just any time. <laughs> they still are. They still are. So, so Liv Tyler's still mom, that Liv Tyler's mom is here. Coyote Shivers, twelve years younger. Liv Tyler's twelve years younger. <laughs> at the time they were, wow, she is that, that much younger. Up? I wonder. I want. I wonder wow. what that conversation had to been like. Like, okay, so uh, your stepdad, Coyote Shivers, is also in this movie. Hope that's okay with you. No, like, he just showed up and was, and she was like, "Oh man, I'm so excited to do this movie. Like, I really like like all these people I'm working with on set." And it's like, "Hey, wait, why is my stepdad here? I didn't forget anything at home." It's just like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm also in this movie." No, did she, you bring me she, my lunch. She refuses to call him dad. They're like, "Hey, yeah. is that your dad?" No, his name's Coyote. His name's he 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 says like, "Hey, squirt." <laughs> <laughs> no, and he's like, "Hey, Liv, I wanna I wanna get I wanna get into this acting with you, you know, because right now you're a virgin, and I wanna explain to you from my sexual experience with your mom, with your mother, <laughs> this is how you act when you have sex. I can't wait to this watch is what your you. mom does when she do- seduces me. Oh. Right, right. And she turns on this specific song. <laughs> Not another movie. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Sorry. Oh no, you mean to tell me that Coyote Shivers? 
plays Aerosmith when banging. Loving and I love Loving and up and I'm going. It, yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. It's time, <laughs> it's time to dive into Rex Manning here, boys. Let's go to scene three. So right. Rex Manning arrives to sign autographs. Empire Records owner Mitchell Beck arrives to collect the missing deposit, and Joe gives him a fake bag. Corey awkwardly attempts to seduce Rex Manning during his lunch break, and a lovesick AJ finally attempts to tell Corey how he feels about her. It doesn't go well. Here's a problem I have with this movie. They had an opportunity to really put some good music in this movie. A movie about a record store. They had the opportunity to go dazing and fused on us, to go high fidelity, to literally make every song we hear a classic, perfectly fit song. Let's make it count. Yes, and they did not. <laughs> they, every, okay, so there, there's a couple songs here, right? Like Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits. I don't know if you know. Yeah, that. I, I love that song. Love that song. ACDC, If You Want Blood, you Come got it. Love that song. Sponge. Uh, that plow, it's called Plowed. Good song. Those three songs are not even on the soundtrack. Uh, I hate when they do this. Right. There's only two songs on the soundtrack that I liked. Edwin Collins' Girl Like You, Gin Blossom Still Hear It From You. The rest of this movie is just pure dog shit music. Mm. I, that, that's my my opinion. Like I cannot get into it when they're like, yeah, it, <laughs> we're it, cleaning the store. It, it doesn't. It doesn't make me go, yeah, I Seems love this song. I never get enough of yeah. Or like even like a montage version of it. Like I think they're only like kind of montage in this movie is like when they kind of pan across the the people listening and the listening yes. booths and everything. Yeah. And I like one detail I really like the girls cry and listen to the carpenters. Because everybody's <laughs> listening to a different song. It's yeah. pretty awesome. I really like I that. But yeah, you're right. They're like they just miss the mark. There could have been so many just like uh, record store porn kind of shots. You know yeah. what I mean by that? Where yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. kind of like going through the aisles and I know they probably have to pay every single band that you could see. But I don't know. They could have done... It, it would have characterized the store so much. You know? It's yeah. like Dazing and Views. Didn't they spend the majority of their money on song licensing? Yeah. And that's it. the thing. I was, Do I, it I, I in was, this movie. Oh, I was just going to say, it is literally... It's a movie about music, and their budget was how big? It was like ten, 10 mil? million, and they—it's they, like they didn't have nearly enough of that money go towards their music budget. I guarantee you, at least five of that was music. Really? Yeah, man, those people made out like those they, artists they picked, probably made they out like terrible songs. They, I think they did. They—they they, they aren't recognizable, and the only reason you would recognize it is because you heard it in this in movie. this movie, yeah. and you wouldn't even know what the song title is. Yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I—I I mean. For these artists at the time, I don't know if I, I haven't heard of a lot of them, but some of them at the time might have been big, kind of. They no. might have had one. Cracker hit. was never big. <laughs> what about Uncle Cracker? No. Oh, no he Uncle Cracker was bigger than Cracker. Yeah, oh, okay. He definitely was. Yeah. I bet I bet if you look on Spotify right now, Uncle Cracker has more listens than Cracker. Of course. <laughs> He's the uncle of Cracker. We're not going to do that. We're not, I said if you want to. If you want. I'm no, not, Logan will do it for us. I, I don't want to do that. I so don't. Then, well, then let's move on to the greatest musical part of this movie. It is Rex Manning. Rex Manning. Is yeah. Rex Manning, if you take Rex Manning out of this movie completely and this is not a thing, is this even being talked about on our show right now? If the movie? Like, let's say Rex Manning does not exist and there's never a scene with, an, with a person, a famous musician in this movie. It's just them having conversations. It seems to be what people are grasping onto the most. Right? Yeah. The Re did Rex Manning day, Rex Manning day. Like, yeah. That, that seems to be the biggest. And my question to you is actually, why, why is there a Rex Manning day in this movie? I thought when I first saw it that Rex Manning was from this town. 
Oh. And so I thought that this was a big deal. Like, oh, Rex Manning's from our town, and he comes back every year on this day, and the mayor gave him the key to the city. That is not <laughs> what happened. That is not what happened. I built that in my head. Why is it Rex? Is it just Rex Manning Day in this store? Because just he's today, because he's there? Yeah. Or is is it a worldwide Rex Manning Day, which in that fa- case makes no sense that he's in this town on this day? Yeah. They I, did not explain this at all. I think I, they they made it a day themselves, and they were just saying, I th- yeah. that "Today, Rex Manning is coming to our store." Okay, so, so it's, it's Rex Manning. Manning so you day don't for think us. it's actually on a calendar? That oh, says Rex the Manning only reason day. I know no. it's Rex Manning Day is because Ethan Hembry looks directly down the barrel of the fucking camera and well, yells it at us. Why? Fourth wall break. It's like I, I, it doesn't right. make any sense. The it, only thing that Ethan Embry does good in this movie, the only thing, is when his voice cracks when he Shop yells. Shoplifter. Shoplifter. Oh yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the only thing I'll give him credit for. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I like as far as like the music video and then like uh, to, to you, my love, Mono Moro, whatever the fuck it is. Mono. Say no more. Say, Say no, no more. 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 Mono. It's Mono. it's really funny, and it's like that is a world building kind of element to the yes, movie, which I really like. And if they kind of stuck in it, then maybe I would have liked it a little bit more. But also, like every girl. It's is fawning over him, like like at the signing as well. But like even our main character yes. girls, except for uh, Robin Tunney's character, is fawning and over Jane. him. Dude, and Jane, dude, Jane doesn't like him very much. <laughs> the thing about this is like that is a. It's like, uh, have you ever seen the video? I think it's Don Henley's uh, "Dirty Laundry." Uh-uh. It's like, dude, watch that video and then tell me that's not where they got all this idea from. It's brilliant. Like, it's black and white he's in like a like billowy kind of yep. you know shirts <laughs> that kind of thing it's very funny and like his whole band is like is sexy like stone cold women yep you know playing their instruments and stuff and it's it's pretty amazing honestly <laughs> but they took that and elevated it to to absolute craziness to. yeah and which is amazing because they did in fact like you said make it an entire video um but yeah, I don't know. Like him coming in is just that's uh, Rex Manning Day, and you know that Joe has been watching this on the calendar, being like, "God damn it, it's the day of that Rex Manning's going to be here." What, what's wrong, Joe? It's just like, ugh, yeah. It's nobody bring likes people you into a store. It's going to be. I love the the line of the funny jokes of everyone coming through the line, like. The one lady's like, you were my favorite singer in high school. What about now? Oh, well, you still are. Still, oh, yeah, still, yeah, yeah. And, the, you, and the, you. the young girl that's like, I don't even know who you are. My mom. <laughs> and she goes, cool hair. Cool like hair. That. She's huh. my favorite. And the old lady, more <laughs> This is the best thing ever because if you like, I, I know I've, you know, how, how often does this happen to people who, of, like, who have a signing yes. and a meet and greet and they come through and they're just like, trying to impress the person because yes. in in that lady's head rex managed to be like oh my wow. god wow wow amazing <laughs> you let's, really do fuck yeah like it's just rough man so one thing but mark clapping behind him is like <laughs> <laughs> one thing that really needs to be discussed and i i hope that the majority of people listening do not know this but if you watch the extended version we, we're into the Liv Tyler seduction scene, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. She's in there. She's seducing him, and he's like, you sure you want to do this? And she says, yeah. And he unzips his pants, and then in the version you guys saw, she flips out and leaves, right? Yeah. In the extended version, he unzips his pants and goes, he grabs the dressing, goes, hope you like the taste of blue cheese, and starts shaking the dressing bottle. 
Like he's going to put blue cheese dressing on his dick. Are you serious? Which makes so much more sense. Yes, it does. Why she ran out that way. And it's hilarious. It's, dude. <laughs> and, and I have so many problems with this scene. Okay, because, but like she's yeah. 17 and that's not okay, right? We're, we're already past that. Are okay. we assuming that Gina's 17? I, have, I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have problems because they want you to hate Rex so bad. But dude, go. But 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 like we don't, right? Like he's just there try, he's trying to turn her down and he's just trying to eat his lunch and she's seducing him and he's like he even asks like are you sure you want to do this? Maybe that's right. his move to get people like this to go away from him. He's, he's like, trying. Okay, I'll grab my blue cheese and spread it on my cock and then they <laughs> they usually take off. And like, it's, no it's a win-win. Either that. they leave and I can eat my dinner or they Get it off my cock. Yeah. Hope you like a wedge salad. Okay, I don't like so what's going on. Are you following me on I'm this? I'm glad we're like, here. Yes, he's not a bad guy. Because it's, <laughs> it's the movie makes it seem like he is. Because when, uh, what's her, uh, Renee Zellweger. Yes. Gina, yeah. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> goes in and uh, does yes, fuck does him or whatever. Um, then they both come out of the room and everyone's like mad at Rex. Like, you need to get the fuck out of here. He's yes, like, dude, what? what would you do? <laughs> right. Everyone's you throwing saw themselves in at the, him. in the orange apron earlier, right? Yeah. yeah. Did you see that? And by the way, you all are completely uh, uh, aware and know what Gina likes to do or <laughs> her personality, her promiscuous habits. Like, you're all more than aware of this. Even Joe funny. is like fed up with it because of the apron thing. Like, Gina, oh, she did this last week with the, I don't know, you know, the poster with the poster of it's just like you guys are all you all know what's going on. Yes. You know, it's such a weird and and why. So what do they want you to imply with this scene? Do they want you to think that like Liv Tyler is mad at him for being such a jerk and being like, you got to suck in my cat. That's what it seems like. Or is it is she mad at herself for like. For like doing this, I think it's I think it's, it's just a combination of both, yeah. which I understand. And I, you know, I've I've seen movies like that, and I maybe known a few girls who are just like kind of embarrassed about that. Y- y- okay, but, uh, good like call. embarrassed That's a good about word. like kind of their sexuality. And it's like you don't need to be embarrassed, you know. Yeah. Um, I I like that aspect of it. I'm not sure that's really implied here. I just kind of put that in my own mind to make it easier for me. Just just because of like it's 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 the the deep read into it, you know, is like. You know, she's she's been hyping this idea yeah. and experience up in her mind so much, which you know everyone does. Sure, and then and like putting a lot, basically putting it on the pedestal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Rex has been a sex icon for how many years? He's like, we're talking about him in this movie. He's referred to and simply as a has been. Like he's hanging on to his career well, too the, long. The album that she has in the car is so young is like. 30 years yeah, prior. Like, he looks thing. like a teenager. Right. And so she's been building it up. This is like every day to him. Like, you know, every time he, every eats time lunch, he goes blows. somewhere <laughs> or goes behind a closed door to have privacy or something, somebody's probably coming to throw themselves at him, right? That's Rex Manning. And, you know, what a piece of shit. And, but at the same time, it's like, she thought that she wanted she candlelight. Was, and, it was going to be a special moment. Yeah. He was going to be enthralled and sweep her off her feet. To be, I'll make this the special thing. And it's like, it, it wasn't that. And he just unzipped his pants, rock and roll. <laughs> and that's it. And she was like, oh, what, wait. What, no applause? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, see, it's it's not what you thought it would be. And that's all okay. I could take from okay. it, right? Yeah. It, that's it. I, I agree with you. And then it, that takes me to her and uh, AJ. AJ. 
And so this whole conversation pretty much goes, AJ, I don't think about you like that. We have something better than that. That's bullshit. You know it's bullshit. Do we? Do we? <laughs> there's no there's no history of them. Like, are, Have they been dating? Did they go out on dates for a little while? Then later in the movie, she goes, you're my best friend. You've always been my best friend. I didn't like, know that. What? I've, I haven't seen you guys talk at all in this movie. <laughs> exactly. And and by the way, by the way, you... Uh, oh. <laughs> I didn't even know your name until today. Yeah, like you love me. Who knew? Like, did, did you catch though? Uh, at, at one point, AJ checks his pocket watch on the roof. I was because he said he said he said at one thirty by one thirty seven. One thirty seven exactly. Jim. Yeah, yeah. And his his watch says one thirty. Seven minutes of movie passed before he says I love you. Okay, there you go. Good so job. He editors. actually like editors actually did something good with themselves. Yeah. And, on this. and I I will ask you guys this: Do you like? This guy's performance of AJ. I do. Do you like it? I like AJ. Great hair. I get t- I get a little torn on it. I'm like, you know what, man? You're, I don't know. I feel like you are a, a background character of like uh, Boy Meets World. Like Sean Hunter's brother that we never met. Or like, uh, like a Lawrence brother, you know, hanging out with them. I feel you. But like you can either just dive into AJ here. Or you can yeah. do Braco or whatever his Bur- name Bra- is. <laughs> It's never going to get right. No one cares about him. Nobody cares. <laughs> no one cares about him and his cut-off sleeve shirt and his <laughs> shitty musical guitar stylings. Uh, stylings. stylings. <laughs> you can tell because no. I carry my guitar with me. Oh, sometimes, I, cool. sometimes I carry it in my hand. Sometimes it's around my neck and I'm yeah. just kind of strumming. And he, because it's an electric kid. He really starts weird. strumming it just to show somebody like a link yeah. that he made. It's completely it's like, I can't yeah. understand what's happening because it's an electric guitar and it's not plugged in. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. Anyways, I, I, I get a little bit torn on, on his performance. There are parts that, parts that I love it and parts that I'm just yeah. like, eh. But it seems like you're trying to say um, it's it's a little corny. For so, some of them get to be a little forced and a little corny. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I agree with you, but I do I do overall kind of like them. Cool. All right. Good. Uh, real quick though, let's do this. Ooh, here's a prop. <laughs> I hope this isn't yours, but uh, better not be. It's it's my two favorite characters in one thing. It is a Polaroid of Rex Manning and Warren. <laughs> <laughs> The the two oh, best yeah. people of this movie. This I want set. I want a Polaroid. This of that. set needs that now. Can someone at least you can either get it for us or make it or at least find tell us where to get it. I want the Polaroid. I do yeah. I do want to uh, name a movie that that guy is in. Which oh, one? Rex uh, Manning? No, Warren. Um, he's, Brendan. He's, he's actually got quite a prolific yeah, career. Brendan Sexton the third. He's also in a great fucking horror movie called Session Nine. Yes. He's great in it. He's so I've good at it. I've seen that. You have? Okay, good. I love that movie, but uh, check that out. Okay. He's a great actor. Sorry, I just want to go back to how good he is. Like, when he's laughing on the couch, he's going, ha, ha, Yeah. I love Like, him. yeah, he's, what's he doing here? Or, me, me, Joe, you, Jay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's the funniest part of this movie. I like him a lot. Yeah. He, he, gives, he does give a lot of nice, like, breakup to what's not happening <laughs> yes. in this movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, thank God Warren's in Oh, thank God he's back. Here comes uh, Warren. Like, <laughs> I want to... Sawzall the part of the floor uh, that has the quarters quarters and the pennies and stuff out of the floor. Maybe put it in our corner. Yeah, just kind of like hang it up here. I I love that. Um, So that we can make fun of his art. Because it's great. Somebody called this art. Yeah. (laughs) This is is art to someone. Somebody thinks this is art. Um, (laughs) No, I want want Joe's jukebox. Oh, that's nice. Do you guys had do you do you remember looking at it in the back when he goes and turns on like ACDC? Yeah, it's behind Lucas. 
It is the it's coolest cool. jukebox I've maybe ever seen. It's like a tabletop jukebox. Right. And it's got this like curved like display to yep. it. Oh yeah. Uh, it's okay. super cool. Um, I want that. Scene four. After an <laughs> argument at lunch, Gina seduces Rex Manning to get back at Corey. AJ attacks Rex, forcing him to leave. A secret amphetamine habit of Corey's is revealed for some reason. Uncharacteristically, <laughs> Deborah shows sympathy towards the always perfect Corey, having a near meltdown and helps calm her down. After hearing about Deborah's suicide attempt, Corey arranges a funeral for her where all her friends gather around. This, if you had to pick these five scenes, of which one makes the most sense or, or the least amount of sense for being in this movie. Yeah. The, it, this whole, that whole thing I read there is just like, huh. <laughs> Why and how did we get here? Yeah, my, my, Does anyone working? Yeah. My no, Who's working? My no after... Uh, uh, sorry, hang on. Uh, my no after... <laughs> what, what did Rex do wrong here when they kick him out or whatever? My no directly after that is, so now she's a speed freak? <laughs> like... I who cares? Where did why? It, where did this come from? It's, and why is it being brought up now? It's the reference of kind of in the beginning of you know when did you have time to make these cupcakes? Which by the uh, way, yep, nobody yep. talks about cupcakes anymore after she brings them in. And then it's like there are twenty four useful hours in every day, is what Dad says or something. And it's like, how do you have time to do this shit? I, okay, great. Thanks for this long winded. Callback. Is this an homage to Jesse Spano and Say by the Bell too? It's got oh, that's so. like it where feels, my mind went directly. It feel like it just feels like I'm watching Say by the Bell. Yeah, speed pills. I need them. <laughs> it's just a, like why do some things happen in this movie? What is is Lucas going to take this money and then he loses it all? And then Joe's like, I saved up enough money to do it, so but now Joe has to take. He has to pay back. The money <laughs> that Lucas lost, he, he no. it's like was the movie for was the money for paying off the story? Dude, I don't know, dude. And they even like when they're all raising money, they're giving it to Lucas, yeah, to 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 turn around and go, here you go, Joe, yeah, like just give it to Joe, give it to Joe, give it to what Joe. What are we doing? It takes so long for you to give me some sort of payoff on a reference yeah. in this movie. Yeah, true. And that's kind of what's frustrating to me upon current rewatch. They're critical, critical rewatches. Yeah. We've totally forgot about anything they set up, minusculely even. Yeah. You know, if we were paying really close attention right. to a detail. Um, I do like Anthony LaPaglia's performance. In yeah, I think, I think he's I like the him. second best. I, and he like, does look like Scott Stapp, by the way. He, he does. Does, does he ever feel that? Yeah. He's got the necklace right. and the That's hair. Anthony LaPaglia right there. Look at it. See? Joe, what's, um, what's wrong with you? You're sweating like a pig. Oh, it's nice to see you too, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I, it looks like he's actually playing the I drums. Think he is. Sure. I, I like that big about star, him. Big stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I just like his performance a lot in this. I think he's great. I really do too. I humanize him a bit too. Like I think he was meant to be this kind of like, Ooh, the manager's always yelling at us, but my God, the shit he puts up with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That no one works. No one does anything in the store. They have time to do a, a fake funeral Dude. in the back while the store is full. The store is gener- If they're generating $9,000 while no one works. Yeah. Fuck Music Town. We can just make people work and actually do things. <laughs> yeah. And we'll probably clear 15 grand a day. Yeah. yeah. There are several scenes where they're all in the back. Is he even and a good manager? You can see in the background there are a shit ton of people <laughs> looking for stuff. He's gotta be I bet he's a he's a good like uh he must be good at like managing the the books or the day-to-day uh, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the end, it's like he doesn't really tell anyone what to do yeah. often. It's like like even even to the point of 
you know, sometimes that's a management style is, is to be like, well, I'm not a micromanager. I'll let Pretty you relax. Yeah. But even during this thing, it's AJ who steps up and says, I'll go save Mark. Yeah. Joe doesn't tell you what to go. Joe doesn't go on the floor. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's why I'm the manager. Yeah. Well, and, and some they, people want to be managed. Let me just say that too. Like they some do. people want to be told what to do. They, yeah. I, I, I hate this trope though of it happens so many times where a song turns on in the music store and everyone dances. This has never happened in the history of the world. Has any song come on in a music store and people have danced around and enjoyed themselves? <laughs> yeah. Especially mosh pitting. Right. And like, Dude. and someone turns. But here's the thing for me if Music Town is going to come into this town, if I'm just a person that lives in this town, I like to go to the music store. Yeah. If Music Town is going to not allow dancing in their store, I'm all for it. I will pay more money to have this corporate place come take over to put employees in place that actually work. And that where I don't have to listen to weird music and have people mosh around me when I'm trying to browse music. Yeah. That is not my music store. Say, say this is like an album or a tape Kay. or something and I'm trying to buy it and you guys are just fucking dancing. And so doing where your, this is Empire Records? Yes. Doing you're your, trying to buy it? Yeah. Doing yeah. your fucking yeah. weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so I'm gonna fuck for the first time tonight. No guys, shit. Yeah, Rex Who's gonna Manning. Be, is he, oh, this is Rex Manning. Yeah, day. dude, he's gonna dude, pop my cherry. A, fuck yeah, dude. I'm gonna eat blue, oh, hell blue yeah. cheese resting off his fuck. dick. Uh, dude, yeah. to this for a while. dude really did you see the song. AJ's new art? Okay, okay. In pause. the back. Okay, pause. Now let's. Music Town is now taken over. Yeah, yeah. And now we are the new employees that were brought in. Try it again. Hi. Hey, sir, how are you? I am great. I would like to purchase this album. Oh, this oh. is a great album. This yeah? is one of our favorite. Oh, nice. Which one's one? he getting? Yep. Oh, dude. One of my favorite albums love ever. This. I've been really excited hey, to listen uh, uh, to it. Uh, some, Here's a free sticker. And some, oh, some right advice, on. by the way. Yeah. It, not only is that a, a great deal, like it's at a great price right now. Don't skip any tracks. Don't try to skip ahead. Just listen to it all the way through. I think you're really going to enjoy okay. that, man. Hey, cool. man, have a good day. Um, yeah. You know, just enjoy yourself out there. Right Be careful. I'm going to go home and listen to it right now. Thank you, guys. See you next time, buddy. I'm going to come back, actually. Wow, that's great. Do, am, am I, am Repeat I off customers. Base? Am wow. I off base here? <laughs> am I off base in any of this? <laughs> it's so true. It's like, it's like, it's like, do these people even care about music that work in this store? Because they really just seem to be turning it off all the time. <laughs> Dude, AJ's burning CDs with a lighter. He's burning inventory. Religious. He's damaging oh, inventory. This is ridiculous. <laughs> do you know what? Scene four is over. We're moving on to scene five. Nobody cares about any of this. Do we talk about Gloria? You can if you want to. Uh, Gore's great. I like the Gore scene. I like the Dave Brocky. I guess they really filmed it on stage too. I oh, guess that really? was a real concert. Well, I, I imagine Ethan Embry being a fan of Gore, and that makes me really happy because I like <laughs> Ethan Embry. <laughs> like, did and I know, I, I know we want to move on from this, but was there any indication in the um, in the cut in the extended cut of why AJ does attacks ra- attack Rex? Was there anything additional to that? No. There was not. No, the one, the, another thing that I did want to bring up, the thing that I never understood in the first watch was like, what, who Jane was? What was, oh, and why is she still there? Why is she there? And why does Joe care? Right. It, so in the extended scenes, Jane comes into Joe's office after they make fun of her for working for Rex Man. Yeah, yeah. And, she, and they have like a conversation about that where they're not really at where they wanted to be in their lives. And they're both kind of like, yeah, I thought I'd be doing more than this in my life. And they Great. have this, they make this connection where yes. they're, they're kind of like, you know, maybe we should uh, do something sometime. And then she quits and leaves. That's why he's like, no, you got to stay. Cause he looked like he liked her. Well, and then she comes back to be like, 
you're right. I do like I you. like that a lot. Yes. That's so much because there's zero context. There's zero context. Of the fact of why. And why is she going to quit? Is she is she like, from the town? Where Where's she from? Yeah. Why is why he is she concerned? <laughs> why is he concerned that she is quitting? Especially if like, especially it's like, well, you can't quit. He's talking to like an employee. Well, you can't quit. You got to stay. Come on. Like, it's like, can't be that bad. It's like, no, nah. it's like, I get it. It's not them. It's this. It's like, oh, come on. Like, what's going on? And it's like, why do you even freaking care? Yeah, you're going to leave we your don't job. Know why you care? As this has been publicist person to just hang out. Yep. Do you even know where you're at? Nope. Yeah. Like what the hell? It just yeah, doesn't make any it, sense. and it still doesn't make sense. But at least like some of it makes a little more sense. Well, yeah, right. yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> when you have more of those conversations, yeah. totally. That they they they've developed a feeling yes. for each other. At least one. Yep. At least one feeling. <laughs> one for each feeling other. at least. <laughs> Rather than just like you should stay. Want to go out on a date? I feel like I should. Sounds do good. Go cool. on. All right, final scene, scene five. During the mock funeral, Warren returns with a gun and holds up the store. Under it all, he just wanted a job at the store and tired. An impulsive late-night benefit party concert to save the empire happens. After his resignation, Mitchell offers to sell it to Joe, and he accepts. AJ and Corey kiss, and everyone dances on the roof. So I just just to kind of clear up the fake funeral thing for me, I like like I said, I think that like the fake funeral could be like therapeutic for her you know it could like kind of help her out but uh also therapy can right you but know, notice that's, how that's in, what at it the is fake funeral they didn't even talk about her they just talked about their <laughs> own problem exactly yes and so like it, it's even the act of a fake funeral seems selfish to me where it's like yes. I, and maybe a cry for help I, like all that aside it's just i don't feel it I with know. these characters you know i know and even this like you know it's interesting to me that warren basically gets arrested twice in an hour yeah, and is released twice within minutes. Like something <laughs> has to be said about Warren stole shoplifted, stole CDs, went to jail, was released, got a gun with blanks in it, shot up a place, was arrested, taken to jail, released within minutes. <laughs> Something's going on in this town. It, it's, and they're it's, even like, it's, hey, it's a juvenile. He's blanks. a Dillinger yeah. level what? escape artist. Yeah. Well, since he's still technically a juvenile, there weren't actually any bullets. I real don't bullets think that's gun. how that works. Like, I don't no. think it is because I think that uh, I mean, that's like there's some sort of like threat, like yeah. sentence in that yeah, or whatever. You can't. I don't think you that's you can't how it do works. that. You can't threaten somebody well, like even in with the, a with a gun, whether there's blanks or not. Even raising Arizona, he's like, well, the gun wasn't loaded, but he still went to jail for a long right. time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cohen brothers are way more believable. Than <laughs> they, they just they, 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 they build it up a little bit, and and this whole and then you just it's so confusing again. Too you get to the end here, and it's like they've raised like four grand, but they need more, so they announce a free party. But then they but then you can give donations and we can sell beer. Oh, that's another thing. Or they get the beer. Well, that's another thing. They have this longer conversation in the back room about well, we can't just sell beer. We need a permit to sell beer, and they're like, no, you don't. And he's like, no, we need we need a permit. And they're like, no, you don't. Just do it anyway. And he's like, all right, we'll just do it anyway. So they just sell beer without a permit on a street past midnight and raise $9,000 to then just give back to Mitchell. Mitchell. Like, I, I, I like the charming aspect of, like, it's kind of punk rock. There's like, oh, fuck the rules. We're going to raise the money how we're going to raise the money, that kind of thing. Even like uh, Wayne's World-ish kind yeah. of. Right. Or uh, even UHF-ish kind of. Um, I, I like that aspect of it, but it doesn't earn it. It doesn't earn it for me. Like, it does, like everything just resolves. Everyone made horrible decisions, and they're we the st- reason they're here. We still don't like anybody. Yeah. Liv, t- Liv Tyler, Corey, 
is fucked up on pills right now, right? Yeah, I mean, she's still I hot. I assume all the time. And on the she roof, just when, took one. when she's being nonsensical on the roof, and then he and then they go, we love each other, and she goes, ah! And she, like, falls backwards. It's like, I think... I, <laughs> I think, think she's, she's going to wake up tomorrow morning and be like, yep, bro, sorry, I actually didn't know what I was talking no, about. No, not I, at all. I was totally talking out of my ass last night. It's like, You're moving to Boston? Oh, my God. Um, I don't even know you. I barely know you, <laughs> according to this movie. <laughs> according to this movie, <laughs> And it does some weird shit too. Like it does this again with the soundtrack. It, do you notice at the end it does like a three song outro? Yes. Yeah. It's just pick a song. It's it's okay. They start with arguably the best song of this movie. That's yeah. already been Gin played Blossoms, once before. Till I hear it from you. It's that already has been already been before, played. Yeah. And then they then they then they crossfade out <laughs> yeah. terribly to a, a song that nobody fucking no cares about. No one cares. It, AJ, then, look at this. <laughs> Till I hear from you for a second time into a song no one cares about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is what my notes are. It's so true. It's just, it's just and like, they're like, they're like, oh, that was a mistake, but we we can't go back and fix it. So let's add that free song in for the fifth time. What's that, uh, <laughs> what's that other song that uh, I don't think anyone else really well, cares about? Well, it sounds about? like the Cranberries, but we already have a but Cranberry song on yeah, here, so it's not the Cranberries. Let's, let's, uh, let's give them a... A, a Spotify re- bad recommendation. Nah. That's basically the equivalent because this oh, person says oh, they like cranberries. AJ, AJ, I love that idea. Let's yeah. also have them dance on the roof. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's in the and movie. Then, and then, by the yeah, way, the I, I don't not? know if you know this, uh, Mike, but after this three-song medley, it goes back <laughs> to Gin Blossoms. <laughs> During the end credits. During the end credits. It's like, why didn't you just play the song through the, the song, end credits? The song, by the way, that you probably paid a lot of money for what? from a famous band to only release on your soundtrack. God damn so, it. To, okay. to soul rights to be on your soundtrack. Play it in the movie. They they gave the um, the music buyer, like it's like they're just like, yeah, you got to go, go, go grab some. Some great, awesome songs for us. Like, here is literally half of our $10 million budget. Go yeah. find some of the best music. I'm talking timeless. Of the like era. You can picture you and your grandkids yeah. going to be listening to the song in 40 years. Yep. Well, it's like they yep. didn't care about it, too. It was like the, mu- the music producer was like, was told to go do that and grab, grab some songs of the generation, you know? Yeah. And then that guy was like, well, I don't know. That guy didn't really know. I don't know. I'll ask my son. And then he asked his son, he's like, what is, what's the generation listening to right now? And then the son is like, I don't Cracker. know. Cracker. He's it like, just keeps going down the line of people who don't give a fuck. It's, it, no. He, he asked his son, and he's like, oh, Gin Blossoms. I love Gin Blossoms. <laughs> and I'm like, Gin Blossoms, awesome. He's like, so he's like, all right, well, I'll start there. And goes to Gin Blossoms, and he spends $4 million on Till I Hear It From You. And he's Worth like, it? oh, shoot, I got to fill the rest of this <laughs> entire the, movie with, okay. with a million dollars. And that's not a lot of music budget, apparently, because I spent four million on the gin blossoms, and I just gra- I spent twenty twenty grand. Ten on grand this- was a flight to Ireland to talk to cranberries. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, because <laughs> we don't have the internet. <laughs> I mean, hey, at least Renee can sing. I ah, she dude. can fucking belt. I actually can really she? like this song at the end of the movie. Uh, I-, I do enjoy it. I think it's a fun song, and I do like. Wait, this version of it. Do you only like it because it's in this movie? Probably. Yeah. That's if it. you had heard, if you had just heard, if somebody's like, here's a hit new single from Brexton. <laughs> like you would, you would not like it because he's not good. Brexton Narful. 
he's not great good. singer. Oh yeah. Notice yeah, how they take the time to show you that they're putting a drum set up onto yeah. the roof, but then you never see a drummer. Did anybody <laughs> notice that? Never Wait, you don't? He's you don't see a drummer? He's, so, he's so far drummer. back from the yeah. from the angle of the building, like he's not even. You can't even. No be one seen. in the streets can see anyone on the <laughs> like, roof. Like I, I'm just like you know what I I wanted this to be, and I think it's I think it's super fun. I, I I'm surprised nobody wanted that Alice in Chains poster. Somebody already yeah. bought it, dude. It's oh, that's sick. right. Oh, yeah. Somebody already bought yeah. that. Yeah. They found it. Yeah, they somebody, got it. Somebody bought it. All right, fine. Um, now I, I enjoy the party aspect. In the end, though, you're just like, hey, here's nine thousand dollars <laughs> in this container. This che- this cheese balls empty container. <laughs> um, there it is. And then Mitch Mitchell says, I'll sell it to you cheap. It's Which like, also makes no sense. Mitchell's, because he just got the money back that was stolen from him, and he's like, I'll accept this as payment? Or is he saying... Mitchell's sitting on a gold mine. Yeah. Joe just did him a favor by making everyone in town love Empire Records even more. Yeah. He, Mitchell's sitting on a company that makes $9,000 a day that if he actually got a good manager in there that got good employees that worked hard, we're making fifteen grand a day. Yeah. Why does all of a sudden he go, oh... I think I just should sell this and not buy Music Town. I hate this place. I don't want a franchise that's going to make even more money. Yeah, I, that makes no sense. Yeah, it, none yeah. of this makes no sense. Oh, it's, you're you're 100 right. Oh, I'm going to. Oh no, it's going to take me a d- couple days to get a new group <laughs> staff put uh, in place. Music Town's <laughs> coming in, and they're going to basically help me find the staff for this joint. Oh, they're going to fly gonna... in that guy that used to work at Sam Goody from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Oh, oh, oh no. And like, it looks like a lot of those people who are in the crowd, music fans, yeah, could be good comp- employees. Dude, Warren's going to be working store. for him? Yeah. Yeah. Warren's not going out to the new company. He's working here. Yeah, yeah. I do. Like, <laughs> I just think that... It, 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 you so did you actually just sell this for the nine thousand dollars that you was stolen from you originally, and st- instead of basically having a multi million dollar empire for the next how many years? I guess before yeah. well, all the and music stores go away. And then they say you're gonna, they go. Let me get this right, Mitchell. You're going to be the proud owner of multiple music town franchises. Or, across yeah, one of many or whatever. One of many. Yeah. So now let's. We just not explained anything. Now let's flip this around, right? Awesome. Hey. Let's let's humanize the heroes, quote yeah. unquote. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to open our own store. And then you think that they're going to keep Empire Records open, right? This is like a now it's a localized music store, right? And then, by the way, this is 1995. They're like, <laughs> awesome. This has been the best six years of my life. And 2001 comes around. And now no one's buying CDs or albums. <laughs> and the, it's all plummeting. And now... None of the original staff is still even there because mm-hmm. you cared about kids who are just doing this as a day job to get by during the summer, and you bought the store, and now no one buys the product that you're actually peddling, and now it's 2003. And you got to wait until about 2020 for vinyls to come back. And everybody's <laughs> yeah. streaming music and, and getting it on their iPods. Not buying your CDs. Wait till COVID hits, Joe, and then all of a sudden you can't have listening. COVID booths. iPods. <laughs> you what the can't hell? have listening. People sharing headphones. Science, can't do that. Social studies is gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. This is what happens to them in the end. They did not win, nope. according to history. No, no, they did not. <laughs> So there you go. Well, boys, you got anything else on Empire Records? That's it. I, nope, like I the just store said, failed. I, like I said, I think the end credit scene is like the best scene in the movie. Like yeah. straight up. You're right. I guess that is a that is a good point to end on. The fact that Mark and Eddie are sitting there and, and discussing how Pixies are probably better than Primus, which I 
think I agree with. I agree. Um, I do believe this. Um, Sailing the seas of cheese? Come on, man. <laughs> My name is Mud. I can't stand Primus. Shut up. <laughs> All right, guys, we have dissected this movie with a modern eye. We probably pissed a lot of you off, yeah. but if you listen to our words, you'll understand that you're just living in nostalgia land. We are living in modern day land, <laughs> and that is why we are going to give it a modern day rating. Uh, AJ. Oh. AJ. 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 What do you think about this, man? Guys, we had it's going to be break... hard for you to strip this away. It's, I know. it's a tough one because you have to break this down critically, and I don't mean you have to break it down even with a modern eye. I'm saying you have to be critical of this movie. That's what we're doing here. Um, there, This is the movie, I think I said it earlier, that the best way I can describe it at this point is I agree with a lot of the things and sentiments that are said in this movie. However, the way that it just gets to be portrayed in today's light, I mean, um, Logan, I think you made you you told me or you used the terminology of vertical cut um, with me about this movie, like where it's just like a section of small section of time, basically a, a hangout movie, like nothing really happens, but it's like this vertical cut, this thing that. This is just a segment of time, and everything just happens to happen to everyone on this day. But again, like, I really do appreciate a lot of the things that are said. You know, this music is the glue of the world. Without it, life would be meaningless. You know, I don't have to describe my art to you. Um, if you remember correctly, I wanted a pocket watch when I was a kid, and the reason, the, because AJ had a pocket watch in this movie, I wanted a pocket watch in my movie uh, of life. It influenced a lot for me as a kid. It's really, really hard to get over some of the context cuts that were made of this movie. It's it's still difficult for me. And that being said, guys, I, I think I'm going to go ahead and give this... I'm, I'm going to go a little bit higher than what IMDb is, and I'm, I'm going to give this a 6.97. 6.97, yeah. Sean. What about you, man? Um, Yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, I'll go. You shouldn't have made me go first. <laughs> like uh. I, I'm reminded, I, I think of movies like Mallrats when I watch this movie, and I think that Mallrats completely nailed what this movie was maybe trying to do. Yep. Mm. Um, it commented on like the strife of kids at the time. You know, it, uh, a meaningless kind of boring droll of a job or a day, a day in the life of like you say, slice of life kind of thing, and nothing happens i think this movie's trying to make things happen where if it just was nothing happening it might have even been fucking been better well that's a good point um yeah like i i i really think that this movie it like i i, I like the idea of it and I, I think the script was there um i think maybe even the direction kind of nipped that in the butt a little bit i i don't know i i don't feel good about this but it's a 4.9 for me Ooh, see i didn't right, sean i'm not brutal. well for well hold on first of all i do want to i do want to come back to something just to prove how bad the music is in this movie gore the band that everybody says they like only has 130,000 monthly listeners cracker a band that no one has heard of <laughs> nor no one can actually tell you what song they sing has 520,000 monthly listeners uncle cracker has 3.5 million monthly listeners. Uncle Cracker. He deserves it, too. He does. Mm, so yeah. anyway, we'll, we'll go back to that. But, Sean, I'm, I'm hiring you on this. Like, I don't, I don't, I like, it's fun to hate on this movie because it's just like the 90s. Yeah. 
And, and there are so many things that don't make sense. I don't hate it because it's the 90s. By okay. The I, 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 that's what I'm saying. Okay. I, I hate on it because it's just the 90s. Okay. And it's just not a very good movie. And people are thinking about it nostalgically. If I would have seen yeah. this in high school, I would have loved this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking back on it, it's like, fuck the 90s. People thought thought their life was so hard in the 90s. It's like, my God, dude. You know, it's fun. We look back on it, on it as simpler times. But like... Also, it wasn't simpler times for when you were living in it. And this does yeah. a good job of just showing that. And they just, they miss, they miss so hard on script. They miss so hard on soundtrack. But like, I do kind of enjoy watching it. It was a fun watch. But you name Fast Times at Ridge My High, American Pie, Mall Rats, Breakfast Club, Days and Confused, American Pie. Those are all similar movies that blow this out of the water. Yeah. Sounds Every like we might need to do a bracket. Maybe. And, and, and if you want, if you really think you like this movie still, I say go back and watch it. But if you want what you think this movie is, High Fidelity is your movie. Yeah. That, ah. is, that is your movie. Go watch it. I'm a 6.14. We got to go to Starling for his executive producer words. He says, I recently heard someone say that when critics hate a movie on Rotten Tomatoes, but the audience loves it, you're in for a real banger. Empire Records is a just that. I understand the criticisms this movie can receive with at least nine storylines happening simultaneously. Warren Beatty's story remains one of my favorite parts. <laughs> yes. Even the characters without their own storyline, like Eddie or Burko, leave me wanting more there Eddie. You go. you got it right. You got it. And see, he says, leaves me wanting more Eddie, not Burko. Not Burko. Nobody <laughs> yeah. wants more Burko. In just 90 minutes, the movie juggles unrequited love, self-harm, speed addiction, multiple career crises, and the consequences of promiscuity. You could theoretically cut any character except Rex Manning and only need 30 minutes to adjust the script. There isn't a central theme or main course here. It's more like a buffet providing a little taste of each character. But you know what, guys? Sometimes people love a buffet. The movie is fast-paced, fun, and flies by quickly, like they doubled the number of kids from The Breakfast Club and placed them in the coolest record store ever. Who wouldn't want to work there? It's like living in a musical without the singing, with every emotion matched by a song over the loudspeakers. The choreography as they prepare for Rex Manning Day is the best use ever of Video Killed the Radio Star. It's true. Mm. We did not mention that. It is wonderful. Yep. Watching it again almost 30 years, I find myself experiencing the same emotions I did in college. The movie's a sugar high. Liv Tyler, who is one of the most beautiful actresses of any era, played Corey, who I who I driven by da- who is driven by daddy's needs for perfection is stunning in this movie. Corey and Gina seem like a legitimate high school hot besties cruising around in the coolest convertible in Delaware. Also true. Things happen quickly and it feels like everyone consumed four of Corey's cupcakes each eating nothing but icing. We get energy and fun from everyone, even Mopey Deb and her buttons. The music is loud. We are dancing and everyone from employees to Patreons Patreons is having a good time. And then the music stops. The sugar high wears off and we're plunged into immediate angst. It feels uncomfortable all of a sudden. AJ and Corey face rejection. Joe's angry. Gina transitions from being labeled as a slut to a victim and then a hero within minutes. An impromptu funeral is held to, held to save Deb seemingly out of nowhere. Too much is happening to handle such a hard left turn into a lull. At this point, I realized this one movie could have been an entire season of 90210. Speaking of which, is it just me or does it seem unbelievable that this movie is from 1995. If you handed everyone a smartphone, it would look current to me. 10 Things I Hate About You came out four years later and feels like a 90s movie. This does not. 
After the funeral, everything gets resolved in one party. In any other movie, that party would have been the heart of the story, but not here. We just needed to quickly raise 9K to close out Lucas and Joe's story. Lucas, now seemingly a Yoda without any explanation, has helped Joe realize that managing a record store wasn't making him fulfilled, but owning one will. Luckily, he gets a good deal from that understanding, but ruthless Mitchell, whose biggest crime was not knowing how to run a cash register (laughs) and being too lenient about $9,000 missing from the nightly deposit. This movie ends with everyone as friends, happy with bright futures on the horizon. Speaking of horizons, having lived in in North Carolina where this was shot and Delaware where it was supposed to take place, that's not Delaware at the end of the movie, and we pretty much only had Tower Records. If Ethan Embry's Mark doesn't get the most huggable title, something is wrong with this world. Oh, oh wow. Sorry, you Starling. boys are in trouble. Well, huggable meaning he needs some love. Oh, he's okay. Like, <laughs> Jesus, we need to hug him. Be like, bro, it's okay. Yeah. Hug him and make sure he doesn't move. Yeah, he needs a hug from a straight jacket. Yeah. At the, end, at the end of the day, it's easy to say this is not a masterpiece. Maybe I shouldn't like it, given the character's disdain for pop music. I am the epitome of Rex Manning fan, but it's fun. If you haven't seen it, watch it, but don't do so with a critical eye. Just enjoy it like a crab leg from a buffet that you might not order otherwise and come sit by me. It's a great movie to have on in the background, perfect for jumping in and out. It used to be the movie I played when getting ready to go out. I love that. Don't crucify me. I'm sure my rating will be higher than yours, but say no more, money more. If I gave Mall that's a seven i have to give this a 7.2 so as a group my friends that is a 6.3 for us as a group with a modern day rating and that feels that feels okay with me i'm good there 6.3 is going to take that in the sole spot of number 115 that is right below mall rats right above weekend at bernie's oh man that's i'm torn between this and so like meaning Mallrats. meaning Mallrats is above it. Good. Yeah. And then Good. then then we got uh, this movie. All right. Just barely. I don't know. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> well, please send all your hate mail to our new PO box. I believe it's 10016. We'll put it on the website. Yeah. yeah. We'll just just it. write 10016 and then just put it in the mail and yeah, see what that's what happens. All you got to do. Yeah, it finds us. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Tune in next week. We discuss 101 Dalmatians from what? 1961. Why? What? I don't know. AJ, AJ's doubling down on it, so we're going to do it. I'm for it. We're Sorry. doing it. We're going to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm and, excited. And then we followed it up with a true, true flick from the 90s, Road Trip. You might be oh early gosh. 2000s. Yes, I don't know. okay. And if you're new to the podcast, go back this time last year, Mall Rats. Boom. Oh, wow. Look Boom, at that. It's funny how that works that out. That is great. That's a great double feature right there. Let's be real, guys. Come on. We really appreciate you hanging out here in the new studio with us because you're watching on YouTube, right? Okay, maybe not. But we do appreciate you listening regardless. Make sure you guys leave us a five-star review. We always appreciate them on uh, whatever platform you're listening on. They really help us out uh, in some way, shape, or form, but we just like getting to read them every now and again. Make sure you also follow along on social media. If you aren't joining us on social media and uh, either joining in on the love, the hate, somewhere in between, you're missing out. Just search for Confused Breakfast anywhere on social media, at Confused Breakfast, guys. Confusedbreakfast.com. You can grab some of our merch. You can grab some buttons, some stickers, some koozies. Actually, you can get some 
your what are they called? They are the Steve Kuzer Koozies at Not Your Father's Beer Shirts Instagram. Um, you can go to the same damn website and see the ratings of the movies we've done. See AJ's ratings, see Mike's ratings, and see my ratings. See these shows ratings overall. And shout out to Ninjas or Butterflies podcast for sending us some Heck cool yeah. swag. Check their show out; it's really fun. Dope Love you guys. Ever. Support us in two different ways. You can directly support our sponsors, Microdose DraftKings. That is how you help us out and get cool things in return. You could also go to patreon.com slash confused breakfast join new tier 25 bucks now where you get to actually uh, submit some information directly to us and possibly be a part of the show in the future learn more there we are produced by upload media group and cedar rapids new studio digs we got logan on the controls learn more at uploadmediagroup.com also we are part of the cloud10.fm iheart podcast network learn more at cloud10.fm Damn the man. Save the empire. Save the empire. Or, you know, farts. Leave it. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.